This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hi, this is the audio version of the Cultaholic Classic Nitro Review. You can watch the video version and take part in a future episode by going to patreon.com forward slash Cultaholic. As countries across the world compete for global dominance, World Championship Wrestling has accepted the challenge from New Japan Pro Wrestling in a best of seven battle for the World Cup of Professional Wrestling. Canadian crippler Chris Benoit meets high-flying Jushin Thunder Liger. Guerrero against Otani. World TV champ Johnny B. Bad against Masa Saito, the torture master. We'll see Kanemoto against Wright. The total package Lex Luger faces Masa Chodo. World champ Savage against Tenzan. And Sting faces U.S. champ Suzuki. In an epic contest of global proportions at Starcade 1995. What a This is the Gold Valley Classic Arcade 1995, watch along! And we are back in the year 1995 to watch some classic world championship wrestling. Who be we? I'll be fake Geordie, radio presenter with our portfolio, Tom Cabell, with resident WCW kid Sam Driver. Keeping the fucking dream alive, everybody. <laughs> How you all doing? It's How... time for Starcade! Are we going to sing Fry Height? Oh. Keeping the dream <laughs> alive. <laughs> what a banger that uh, was. I, uh, I'm excited. I'm so excited for Starcade 95, Tom. Aren't you excited? Do you know why I'm excited? I have never seen this pay-per-view. Oh, ever. Okay. Well, um, it's an interesting one. Oh, no. It's an oh, interesting no, it's one. Crap, isn't it? well, no, oh, no, it's, it's crap in it. Well, no, it's crap. It's just, just, watch. oh, yeah, it's as crap. we, as we, as we watch and as we go through it, there's going to be a couple of eyebrow raising moments. There's going to be a the couple of moments where it's going to be a couple of moments where it's like, eh. But largely, it's par for the course for 95, really. If you're enjoying the classic Nitro review, this is our watch along bit where we stop proceedings to do a custom commentary of the pay-per-view that's that right. we hit. That's right. And this is where we're at now, the last pay-per-view of 1995. We head into a busy old year for Dub Dub. If you want to watch along with us, you've got to get onto the WWE Network or Peacock or Pigeon or whatever you use. Uh, you want to find Starcade 1995, December 27th, 1995. We'll give you a second to do that right now. 
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Right, what are we going to talk about during the opening match? Um, I reckon we'll just do a catch up on how you've been. I reckon we need to plug mini Sam. I was thinking more like Sky Dancers, uh, old Mackie's Happy Meal toys. I think anything but the wrestling. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> I think that's it. I, I, there is a, hey, cheers, by the way. We're doing beers during this. So that's right. Excellent to do beers during the middle of a work day. I've just said that's right, like that about 15 times. Oh, I know right. you get some new shtick. No, it's fine. On go, we're all going to watch Starcade 1995 together. Wait, three, two, one, then go? No, on go, they press play. On go, okay, right. On go, we all press play. Just to clarify, you. I know that the Universal Countdown is very much far from Universal, that's oh, all. Yeah, exactly. Universal <coughs> Soldier. On go, in <laughs> three, two, one, go. Boom! And away we go. So you should be seeing flags at this point. I'm surprised I'm drinking, by the way. Why? Because... On Sunday, yeah, I did, uh, and you'll hear about it in the classic Raw review on Monday. But on Sunday, I went to the new pub that's just opened around the corner from Alex and I. Right, she Alex is working till one, mm-hmm. and I just said a photo of a nice pint in the pub that we know, as if to go, come <laughs> and have a beer. Yeah, you finished. I was gonna cook lunch. Instead, we're having a beer. Come on down. To which I did, and uh, had a bit of a laugh with the the guy who runs the place. It's only a small pub. <clears throat> to which uh, I then got chatting to the landlord, and then I got chatting to a guy who was sat opposite me, yeah. who lived in the same area. He lived in the Meh. same sort of block. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then we chatted for a bit, and he said, do you want a drink? I said, yeah. So we got into a round. And then one ended in like 15. And then Alex joined, yeah, because then Alex joined us. Right. And then some of his mates came along. Yeah. We were all drinking on the quayside. And oh gosh, it got very heavy. Yeah, I, with I strangers. Got, I got roped lovely. into a, a bit of an impromptu night out on Saturday after Steph had been to the uh, tattoo convention. So uh, yeah, we just wound up going out, and I, I I can't do heavy drinking anymore, man. No, I can do it through the day. I can do it when it's spaced out, but I just I just can't. I think it was asleep until like three, four in the afternoon the next day. Oh really? Bad. Like you were just completely. It wasn't just like it wasn't so much like feeling grotty. Like I never felt grotty grotty, which was good. It yeah. was just knackered. Like I was just knackered. 
When was the last time you stayed out till the sun came up? Oh. Just, ah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think I think mine was maybe it was a great night. Though. Let's just say it was a great night. Yeah, impromptu nights are always the best. But I think like, they are the best. Aren't yeah, they? but Jesus Christ, my body! I, it's <laughs> like I um I woke up in the middle of the night after that, and I've never passed out before. But I genuinely got up, went to the loo, and what then party went, trick. Is it your party yeah. trick? Because I just genuinely, as I went, I went went to the kitchen to get a glass of water. Because like I don't know what passing out feels like. But I yeah. think I'm about to. That's a worry. It's That's like a, not normal. It's like a warm hug. Yeah. It's like a scary warm hug. I they call it going to Sam's Town when it happens to me because it's oh. always in a group and it's always when I'm knackered or like you know I've just been out all day not drinking not eating mm. or whatever and I'll just be sat and then you'll just slowly start seeing me doing this and then my chin ends up like buried in my jugular and I'm just <laughs> sat upright in a chair with a drink or whatever just like. <laughs> drooling completely gone Sam's town yeah that's my Holds party my hand trick now. I used to be the guy that threw up and then I went that was awful and then going from the guy that throws up to the guy that falls over was more manageable yeah but then joints man joints is bad after falling being the guy really? that, on a standard normal flat floor with just a little bit of grease and you just like, yeah, down in a nightclub constantly bloody yeah. uh, now I'm the guy that just blacks out. So. That's, I mean, that's better. Yeah, it's usually by the time I get home. I don't think I've ever blacked out in yeah. the street before. So yeah, it, yeah, it could be yeah. worse. You could be doing it, you could, you could be planting in the middle of the street. Mm. So you haven't got that to worry about at least. Yeah, and you know, as you get older, it's like, oh God, well, if I fall over in the street, I'll die. <laughs> it's, it's just, <laughs> like I see it! Yeah. So this is Starcade 1995. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are at the Nashville Municipal Auditorium. It is Wednesday. <laughs> What Wednesday. a night, everybody. Wednesday it night wrestling. Just a pay-per-view on a Wednesday, you morons. Um, last year's Starcade came from this very same venue, which is why it looks very similar. They probably put the same curtains up. Uh, also, it how it was. Also from here. Who was using it? The territories in between. Just <laughs> I, leave it. Well, I'll tell you who's also used it. Um, <laughs> WWF kind of used it. Well, yeah, just changed the color of the ring. Mm, no holds barred. The match, the movie emanated oh, from here. Really? Uh-huh. Is in years to come, it would also host the first shows from NWA TNA. Mm. So some some history in the mm. Municipal Auditorium. It's also hosted mm. the Country Music Awards a few times, and it's the physical home of the Musicians Hall of Fame. Nice, mm-hmm. nice. Uh, you'd think that would have its own building. Oh my God, Benoit versus Liger. That's how we start tonight. <laughs> well, I tell you, I tell you, <laughs> we started with Diamond Dallas Page versus Dave Sullivan. On the pre-show, old oh, Dave. How's I didn't realise Dave Sullivan's real name is Bill Dannenhauser. Bill Bill Dannenhauser. Very he nice. Sounds like very fucking, evil. Sounds like a King of the Hill character. <laughs> <laughs> You're not telling me Mike Judge wasn't booking that guy's <laughs> entire career. Mike and Judge. he's going to go out there and he's going to fucking five star match, bring the house down, <laughs> smashing the shit out of that. Mike Judge started machine. collecting teeth. <laughs> He'd be Bill Dannenhauser. Uh, we also we missed an American Males match on the pre-show as well. The main Bullshit. event, as it was weirdly Bullshit. called. Um, American males beat the Blue Bloods, so we missed an American male. We missed Bagwell versus Regal, essentially, <laughs> among others. But it's all and right. this is why Bischoff fails, you know. This is why he fails because he puts them on the pre-show. That's the widely reported reason. Yeah, and puts these. I mean, if you're going to go to conventional news show. outputs, like you know, like your conventional news sources, like like Dave Meltzer and Sean Ross Sapp, they'll probably tell you a, a multitude of reasons why WCW failed. But we here know at the Classic Nitro Review, it's all about shunning the American males. Because even Vince didn't get it. Vince wow. didn't bow down to the pressure from the Bagwell family. 
you know, for the American males. And so Bagwell simply took his ball and went home, as is, you know, that was his right to do so. You know what? The you more know? I think about it, the American males would have been banging in WWF in the mid nineties. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. High five and stripper dudes all day. And then they bring in Val Venus. They can make him greasier high fly and stripper dudes. That'd have been so good. Yeah. Why didn't that become a thing? Because Buff buys a top hat and the rest is history. <laughs> that's, that's exactly why. Uh, Bischoff not very happy with the WWF at this point. Oh, really? Mm, more why? so than ever. Uh, the small matter of one billionaire Ted and the wrestling war. Oh, these are fascinating. Night. So they've been airing for the last couple of weeks. And uh, initially they wanted to sue for defamation. Yeah. To which they went, well, no, it's a caricature. It's a parody. That's yeah. legal. Uh, to which then they acknowledged it by going, yeah, that, look at us on your channel. And now Bischoff has just been told just to stop talking about it. Yeah, so <laughs> it goes um, away. that's the thing. You, you know, you just don't don't feed into it because the, the thing with the billionaire Ted sketches was that what most of the public saw was a funny little jab at WCW. They then slowly start turning into, you know, well, you know, WCW's full of old guys, WWF full of young guys. Okay, that's cool. Then it becomes... Um, here's a jab at uh, Ted Turner requiring the use of lithium to treat a mental health disorder. And then it slowly morphed into uh, Ted Turner is using all of your money in order to fund a vanity wrestling project Take while well, trying to take out uh, full page advertisements in most major news publications that said like... Uh, Turner stockholders beware or whatever. And it was this whole thing. Uh, I think only the New York Post ran a, a heavily redacted version of the advert. <clears throat> but Vince was essentially insinuating that Ted was using shareholder money to prop up WCW and that that was an unfair and it was against the law. And he was trying to very publicly sling a lot of dirt at them. Mm. So it, it apparently Turner found them funny to a degree as well. Turner loved but, them. But, you know, ultimately they... Uh, WWF at this point, while it is a little victory for them initially, they eventually stop running them. Uh, the networks are like, what the hell are you doing? Stop running them. Uh, and then Vince uses a WrestleMania pre-show to have the blow-off match in which I think Ted Turner dies of a heart attack uh, <laughs> after the Hulkster dies of a heart attack after the Nacho Man. <laughs> sorry, Every the Hulkster collapses. and the Nacho Man. I think everybody dies of old age. Uh, while they do like Mystery Science Theater 3000 style. That's the one. We've got stuff that. talking over it. And We've it's, got that to it's, come. Yeah, it, it's, it's odd. But essentially, it's not a great look for WWF at the time if you look back in hindsight because... They're out of every other option but to just start slinging mud and, and you know, calling names and stuff. So it's it's like the last stop on what can we do to put some pressure on them and ultimately it, it disappears. Although one thing that happens after this is you will notice that uh, as the billionaire Ted sketches go on, where the big boys play disappears for a little bit because they start insinuating steroid misuse, mm. uh, a lack of a steroid uh, you know, testing policy at WCW and things like that. Uh, and so where the big boys play, I think it's only for a few weeks, but it it, it, uh, it leaves the air for a moment of time. So, so it's in a way, they were impactful because yeah. they encouraged WCW to maybe stop using their big tagline, which they were heavily pushing. I think it was more WCW was a bit like, oh, well, just to be safe, but let's not engage with it. Mm. Let's put Ben Warren Liger on in the opening match of Starcade. Mm. 
<laughs> Let's make sure that yeah. we've got a lot of smaller boys playing Exactly. Here. It was, yeah, I, we're coming up to a really exciting year for both companies. Um, we're a couple of weeks into January on the Classic Raw review. And, and in under a year, Eric Bischoff will appear on Raw, <laughs> looking at his hands as he Mars. fires Shane McMahon live on TV, <laughs> spelling out his name as <laughs> Shane McMahon does. You know how Shane spells his name? s double h double double n double e <laughs> He'll be double G, double O, double N, double E, gone. <laughs> well, that's it. We're coming to that cool time because you can tell that whilst, you know, in little bitty ways, yeah. WWF is affecting WCW, WCW is really affecting WWF. Yeah. Their content is pivoting because oh, okay. of what they're doing. And they're about to get the biggest victory they could ever imagine in under half a year. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a massive, there's a massive uh, shift in January. Yeah, already they're starting it's, to turn. It's, uh, it's, it's going to get spicy. It's going to get mm. real spicy, and then, uh, then that's how we're going to remember it. That'll be the end of the Nitro review. When they, <laughs> they go eighty whole three weeks, eighty whole three, <laughs> eighty three whole weeks. You know, leading that charge, and then American wrestling just stops. <laughs> and there is that, nothing that's else. That, that is it. <laughs> uh, as the show is getting underway, uh, I'll give you a little bit of uh, a little bit of intel from the Observer. Yeah. Uh, signs were taken away from fans on the entrance ramp. So yeah. fans already had signs confiscated. Uh, a lot of pro flare signs snuck in. Um, but a lot of pro, so they were taken away. There were some pro Hogan signs that were kept. Imagine stuffing like a pro flare sign down your pant leg so you can get it in. Yeah. That's dedication. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> You'll also notice some Hogan merchandise popping up around the show. Despite the fact that Hogan isn't on the show, um, they are still handing out Hogan merch. And also keep an eye tonight on the, on the, in the front and center of the hard cam, uh, Hulk Hogan there. <laughs> That Hulk Hogan fan. Is he um, still there? Well, okay. The Hogan lookalike fan, says Dave Meltzer, is a guy originally from Detroit who moved to Atlanta. He calls himself Roddy Hogan. Oh, I think I've read about this guy before. Yeah. Hold on. WCW love him tonight, and they move him around the arena. <laughs> so he's in as many shots as possible. They oh love my God. Roddy I'm sure Hogan. I've seen this guy's Facebook page or uh, somebody similar who was like, I'm just Hulk Hogan. Basically, <laughs> brother, but, but brother, not. brother. Oh, odd, very um, odd. Uh, so Endearing, though. You know, like, oh, you're, a, you're a big fan, and that, that's very clear for everybody to see. And there's nothing more exciting than uh, you know to see than wrestling fans who are into the product. Yeah, I like it. I like as it. a wrestling commentator, I, I, anyway. and also he also knows that WCW will love the bones off of him for supporting Hulk Hogan. Yeah, because God knows they need somebody too. And when everybody's going, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? They can just point to various points around the building where they've got the hookster set up. Yeah. Yeah. And then he'll be there. Yeah. Look out in this show, because it's the it's been billed as the World Cup of Wrestling. It's WWE versus New Japan. <laughs> I think you'll find that comes many years later. <laughs> oh, it does indeed. <laughs> yeah, it that does. was I, I, I've said it before, but I liked that World Cup of Wrestling that you guys did. I don't remember there. much of it. It was over a hell, there, it was over a hell, there in New York. It was a, it was a hell of a... Uh, <laughs> It was a hell of a long run, that. I know, but I like the run. concept. I like, I like, I like a World Cup in wrestling. I like the idea of doing it that. But, but anyway, that's what they're calling this because it's New Japan versus Dubsy Dub. Now, according to Dave Meltzer, Akira Hokuto, yes, is at this show with a camcorder taping the matches. And I just enjoy how '90s that feels to go. They don't. They're not going to wait till they get the footage. Yeah, like they want handy cam footage. 
of well, the matches. Yeah, I mean, you, then you get your stuff back straight away, I guess. Get it in an envelope. It doesn't need to look great. Let's just have a look at what went on. I'm pretty sure early on in my time working at wrestling shows, there was a point where a wrestler did say to me, can you just hold the cat, hold my phone for me and film this match <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> like whilst I was ringing out and saying yeah it's one fine. of the weird things that I'm sure WWF used to give away rights through certain tickets like competitions where if you won a contest and you had a camcorder or like you'd win a radio thing and it's like you've won a camcorder and tickets to WWF's house show tonight and also, they're going to let you film the whole show. Oh. And so there are like weird little pockets of fan footage out there where people had like won the right to record it. Is that where the curtain call came they're sat from? Up, they're sat up just in nosebleeds filming wherever they're filming. No, this one iconic moment was caught by one. That I can't remember what the hell it was. It was the curtain call, surely? No, it wasn't the curtain call. That was caught by fan camera, but I don't was think it, that was, was a it fan Was it Jake victory. Roberts' DDT on Hulk no, Hogan? No, it was something I was looking at recently, but it, it, was, uh, it was some sort of infamous house show moment I think we, maybe it was when the fan hit the ring on Triple H and Steve Austin oh yeah and then I Triple think, H just batters it. yeah I think that was an instance like that oh oh it's it's the Taskmaster Taskmaster it's the Taskmaster there. what are you doing you stay away from my wife you <laughs> you stay away from her you stay away from my wife is this not the plot of the room <laughs> <laughs> being played out but look at that Liger First well in match involves shenanigans. Well in their life. Now, here's the thing, right? Now, the Kevin Sullivan-Benoit thing hasn't necessarily been mentioned on Nitro. I think there's been a sort of hint of like Dungeon Doom versus the Horseman. Yeah. But that felt very personal. Eh. They haven't mentioned it. it I, well, is it something you'd really bring up? Well, if they're going to do an angle about it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they're going to involve it in wrestling, then yes. Yeah, but it's Call 95. There could be any bullshit reason. Benoit said something horrible about the Dungeon of Doom. Call me old-fashioned, you know, but I want, there, I want there to be some semblance of order and structure to a story. <laughs> Call me old-fashioned. This is old-fashioned, Tom. This is old-fashioned. This is the way it fair. was done back in the territory days. <laughs> this is the way it was done nearly 20 this years ago. This is real ago. wrestling. This uh, ain't oh. no sports wrestletainment. 05, 15, nearly 30 years ago. Don't. Just don't. <laughs> Just don't. Feel sick. Yeah. Um, okay, Liga, Benoit kicks us off. A 10 minute 29 banger. What did Dave Meltzer give it? Uh, 3.75. Four. Ah. Solid four. Eddie G. Do you know what? This show is full of young talent. Yeah. Which, I, which, which is rare for dubsy dub. Overall, like this is a pay per view that is, that is loaded with young guys. Like, we've got an Alex Wright match coming up in a minute. We've got Eddie Guerrero. Johnny B. Bad, he's young in, in some senses. Um, is it necessarily one that they're that interested in pushing bigger names onto, though, en masse? Because the WCW New Japan working relationship hasn't exactly flourished. This no. is sort of the crowning moment of it, I think. Who was that in the background then? Somebody walked in. That's Coat Hanger. He's a big name from ECW. <laughs> oh my God. He's, he's called Coat Hanger with a K in WCW yeah. to save a lawsuit. <laughs> I'm sure I just saw somebody walk in. I can't rewind this, sadly, because it's a watch along, but you'll, you'll know. Let us know if you saw who walked in there. That'd be great. Thank you very much. Yeah, it hasn't flourished the way they hoped. I don't think the, the, the attendance was that great yeah. for the New Japan leg. <laughs> And they've kind of lost a little bit of faith in it by this point. The thing is, like, wrestling in 95 in Japan is is 
going from stride to stride over there. Like they have a massive promotional, uh, interpromotional show that involves like 30 companies or something at mm. one point. Like it's all just taking the fuck off over there. And so you can't fault them for wanting to get a piece of it, bring it to America. But I don't think America was really ready for not so much the style, but just such an influx of new names and faces from somewhere they've never heard of. They've never mm. seen New Japan. They don't really know much about it other than what they've been shown and what they've been seen on WCW. Uh, and it, it, it's, I think, had it had just that little bit of extra care where it was maybe bring them in one by one first, bring them in one by one, let them get established a little bit, and then group them together, then do the big thing where you go, you know, us versus them. You'd maybe have more on side, but they kind of tried it with a couple of people and eh, didn't really fly. No, so I think it was more a time thing. Looking back on it now, it feels definitely like, well, we got to do it. Let's just get out there and go. Let's get it done. Let's have a good show. There was Hogan. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> see, I'd say they're moving him. They're moving him around because he's gone now. Now, Koji Kanemoto, the reigning IWGP junior, junior heavyweight. heavyweight champion, has a little flag, mm-hmm. a little Japanese flag there. I seem to remember that that was, for the Rougeos, a dig at America. Because they come out with little American flags, right. just, just as a little bit of a piss take. Well, and I know he's not piss taking. Yeah, there. he's been followed by a giant Japanese flag, though. So maybe he just so wanted to show fine. his own love. Maybe maybe it was clo- maybe it was far away. Not but so it's much. all right. None of this matters because he's going up against hey man, <laughs> I'm Alex it. Wright. Do it. It's a German. <laughs> you want to know what the Germans are all about? Pick me, and we will have a great victory. I promise. <laughs> I believe in you, Alex Roy. Look I know you're definitely going to win the, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight oh. title here. I don't think it's on the line, sadly. It doesn't matter. <laughs> He's Alex Wright. It's a German. <laughs> hey, I'm Alex Wright. Who? The German. Oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's essentially and what And then it by 1999, it's like, hey, I'm Berlin. Who? Columbine's just happened. Uh, I dance. <laughs> Thank God. Woo! <laughs> Let's remove all of the trench coats. And Gunter, what? The Austrian. The ah! wall! <laughs> oh, the wall. It's the wall I can tell from a distance. Oh, that's a that's a nitro for many years to come <laughs> that I'm very excited about. Hulk Hogan proving he has the best eyesight in wrestling. Just Jerry Toot at the other end. Until now, this is cool, though. The IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion on, on a WCW pay-per-view. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Because this is quite nice, because not only are you our resident WCW kid, but you're also the New Japan guy. I'm one of the New Japan guys. One of the New Japan yeah. guys. I, you know, I, I, I'm trying to get more into broader Japanese wrestling right now. But, like, yeah, it, it's always interesting seeing the clash of styles. It's always interesting, especially early on, because now American audiences are ready for New Japan, it feels, mm. and ready for the Japanese strong style and the various other companies and styles that come with it. You know, Noah's got King's Road and everything. But I, I think that back then, looking at it now, it's just interesting because it's more like, well, I don't know who this guy is, but wow, that was amazing. Or I don't know who this guy is. I'm not really feeling it. And so it's mm. just very raw reactions from the audience and they're going up against guys like alex wright who the audience are like yeah it's a but they're not gonna like go ape shit like they would for hogan for they're alex not wright. mega stars no they're they're kind of they're, they're familiar faces but they're not exactly somebody that they're like yeah mm. so i i think that it's a lot of stars on the rise versus a lot of stars on the rise and for that reason it's it's yeah it's really interesting to watch obviously with the uh the WC- wcpw world cup of wrestling yes there was a Japanese contingent to that. Yes. Who were some of the people from there that you're most excited to 
So I believe the contingent was Show Yo, Liger, uh, Tiger Mask 4, Taguchi. Wow. I don't think Rocky Romero was featured. There was somebody else. Oh, uh, Takahashi. Uh, and then... I'm trying to maybe the Joseph Connors. I think was, of course, Tomohiro Ishii was there in like a, a showcase match, but not as part of the World Cup. But like just all of them, it was mm. just interesting because it was like, oh, this is going to be like unlike anything we've ever produced, like in ring style. So this is going to be like, wow, like what are we going to do? Uh, but yeah, like meeting Liger was crazy. Meeting everybody, just seeing them in the ring was crazy. Like just beyond crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Were you as? fervent a fan of Ishii then yes. as you are now. Yes. So that was a, so you yes. meeting Ishii was yes. a moment. Yes. <laughs> I needed to go and have a moment afterwards just to be like. <laughs> <laughs> that was your boy after all. Yeah, I met Tiger Hattori as well. He came over for the uh, uh, the, the refereeing. So that was pretty cool. That was a, that was a great get actually. Like, like low key. Great to have Tiger Hattori over there as an official. Yeah. Like for WCC, that yeah. was like what I was. One of the things I was most surprised about was just like, "What? Okay, this mm. is right." Was that was that something that you guys had, had booked to happen? Or? I, I, when it comes to that side of it, I I was pretty much just all work in production by this point. Right. Fair. So I, it's more like I would just sort of be privy to things as they were sort of being fleshed out, and then from there, I I think it probably would have been though, knowing the people involved with putting it together. It's like you know, I think it, it just makes sense, really. Mm. Obviously, Kushida was in that part of it. Oh, Kushida it? was in, yeah, Kushida was in the World Cup as well. Because he won the whole thing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, shit. Right. <laughs> so Kushida... I just remembered as well. On. Kushida, Shoyo, Tiger Mask, Liger, Takahashi, Ishii. Uh, Taguchi. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Say it, every one of us. Bushi. That was it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, Taguchi and Bushi. Gosh, so, what yeah, a lineup! It was mental. What a it was absolutely ridiculous mental. lineup! And Liger what? opened as well, and it was just like ah, when his music hit, I was like, yeah. Was that in Altrincham or not? Uh, no, it was in Bowlers in Manchester, Manchester. The Bowlers Exhibition Centre. Nice. Never been as fond as I have been for a random ass warehouse in the middle of an industrial <laughs> estate that I have for bowlers. It's got a fucking it, like. If you ever in there for any reason, it holds a lot of conventions. So if you're ever in a, a convention at Bowlers Exhibition Centre in Manchester. Go upstairs because they have a full fucking recreation of the cantina from Star Wars, That's with full class. size like um, full size sort of uh, dressed up models and stuff wow. to resemble film characters and stuff. Like Greedo sat in his booth. And it's all like, oh. Oh, that's great. We did interviews with Impact Wrestling, I think, in one of them at the WrestleCon they had there as well. That was super interesting. Just chatting to random Impact guys yeah. in the cantina. <laughs> Wrestling's brilliant like that. It takes you to some weird and wonderful places. Yeah. Like I think when mostly we did, weird warehouse. When we did the straight to hell with Dave Meltzer, that was in a corner of the cantina as well. <laughs> uh, gosh. I forgot there was I forgot on the channel there is a straight to hell with Dave Meltzer. Yeah, it's mental. Absolutely <laughs> mental. <laughs> That's great. Was that was so that was part of the was it a wrestling convention? Yeah, that was uh Manchester Media Con, mm. I think it was WrestleMediacon, sorry. Yes, I remember you guys were there now. Yeah. I remember you guys being there now. That was definitely a thing. That was a good time. You were the, you mentioned the tattoo convention. 
Yeah, I didn't go this weekend because uh, I'm middle of moving, trying to save money. But uh, I'm at the one in Leeds with Steph because mm. Steph is working Leeds, her first ever convention. So, oh, wow. Yeah, she's excited. So what's so, she going to be doing there? Uh, she's working uh, on a piece on Ben, and I don't know. I think she's she might have some space, and I think she's working. She's got like a couple of slots booked. But uh, obviously, like, there's competitions, there's all sorts of stuff at tattoo cons, so there could be all sorts. I was going to ask you what kind of goes down at a, at a tattoo con. I've never been to one. So from no. what I can gather, fire, dancing. Nice. A uh, lot of tattooing, a lot of, like, really cool things, uh, like, being offered by tattooists and studios beyond just tattooing. Like, people have all their merch and designs and limited-run prints and artwork there for sale, and there are people, like, from taxidermy companies there, and it's it just seems like a really cool meeting of a lot of, like, alt cultures in one place, plus, like, live music and weird... It just seems like a really weird, like, but interesting dynamic, and I'm, I'm very excited to check out Leeds, so... Oh, no. Nice. Because I've never really <laughs> done Leeds much as, like, a city. Like, oh. so it's, like... Because I don't want to be hovering over her all day either. So I'm going to be like, "Do you, if you need anything, just let me know. I'll be wandering around. And then just quickly running to and from shops for, for staff and people from See, the shop. See, that's it. That you want to you let her crack on and do the I thing. I just want to be helpful. Get in the <laughs> so, you, wanna, you wanna, don't want to get too much in the I, I need to save enough money so that I can probably get tattooed. Because, you know, you're just walking around seeing loads of really cool stuff. And, you know, sometimes an artist that's miles and miles away that you've never heard of from somewhere else. is like, I'd never be able to get tattooed of this person again. They're available. They have something I want, right? <laughs> I guess that's what it's about, isn't it? It's about, it's for them, for like a tattoo person like from the States, yeah. tattooist in the States, could come over and, and, and make a this bunch is, I of I think money. there are just people at every con, I think, from all over the place. So it's mm. like, you know, people from Europe and just wherever, but like they just come and, and the, I think the big most important thing for the artists is like they get to sit and like go and look at other people working and, and look at people and, and, and their work and talk to them about the techniques and, 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 you know, what they like and don't like about certain machines or inks or, and it's sort of like a, a almost like a, a small business hub in a way, but yeah. giant, you know, when you got like a small business hub and it's like, oh, well we use this account and they're really cool. Or we use this software and it's really cool, except like on a massive scale. So that's amazing. I like that. The last, I think the last convention I went to, gosh, it was 2012. I think it was yeah. Telford Comic Con. I got kind of burned out on them, but yeah, yeah, go, go. It was cool. It was, I was there to promote, uh, I was about, to, I was, I was taking on a breakfast show. Yeah. And uh, we were there to promote the launch of this new radio station. So right. the, the, the story behind the station itself is weird. So I was hired from a small radio group to go work for a slightly bigger radio group yeah. to do their breakfast show. And then about a month later, it was announced that, oh, this big radio group is now buying the small oh, radio group you God. used to work for. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So you're coming in. Uh, so, but I, I, so it turned out, as I discovered years down the line, they didn't tell me this, but it was a bit of a sweetener for the group they were buying because then they could go, all right, we're buying out these radio stations. We're changing the name. But do you remember him who did breakfast before we <laughs> poached him? You've got him again. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, get in. <laughs> so I just did, did these random little media tours, and one of them was yeah. doing Telford Comic Con. I'm pretty sure there was a wrestling show on there. Maybe. And I just everywhere I went, I was just branded with Signal 107. Yeah. <laughs> Telford <laughs> FM was becoming Signal 107. Uh, the mighty signal one. No longer that no longer exists anymore. That got merged into another. It, it, the, radio the, is like those yeah. fish that get eaten by bigger fish and bigger fish and bigger it's, fish. It's like I, I'm surprised it took so long because that the media conglomeracy thing. 
obviously took over the movie and TV world heavily, like broadcast and satellite TV in the UK especially. Uh, and radio just seemed to kind of get away with being independent and get away mm. with just kind of cracking. And then all of a sudden somebody rocks up and goes, hey, you, can, you can use this. It's a form of medium. You can push stuff on people. You can do stuff. We need agendas. Let's buy everything. Let's let's get it going. Happened. I'm, I was, now we've only got a few public broadcasters. Right? That's that's it now. Yeah. So like I was I was working for a different radio group when it was announced that that uh, Global were, were buying up like 15 to 20 licenses and they were calling, renaming them all Heart and renaming some of them Capital. Yeah. And then we went, okay, that's fine. And then all of a sudden they went, oh, we can regionalize these. And they did. Yeah. And then they went, oh, we can regionalize them again. So they did. <laughs> and then that's that's kind of radio now. And it's just... And, it's a shame, but I kind of get it. It's just for, for radio in particular. And, yeah, yeah, and you know what? Right. I mean, admittedly, I lost my job through that process. I came yeah. here, so it's fine. For me personally, on a selfish level, it worked out fantastically. <laughs> but there were also, there was, I'm not going to say names because it's cruel, but there was a lot of shit. Yeah, that got I, bumped off. When all I, that I can imagine it, it, it's it's a, it's the nature of the beast, isn't it? When you you get sort of mergers, it's mm. like right. Well, we just want to keep the people that are going to work like absolute dogs, and yeah. you're like right. Okay, I can continue working at this pace. I think I was just doing it to impress <laughs> you all, but yeah. Right, let's do it. And then, <laughs> then you go, you go ah, no. We're changing again. And then again. all it's of like... a sudden, yeah, it all changes. It's the nature of things. And, and I think with radio, I'm sure with other outlets, but certainly with radio, yeah. it will change again. I feel like magazines used to be a lot more loose and free than they are now as well. Like It feels like the same three logos are on everything you buy these yeah. days. And it, they all serve the same masters, don't yeah. they? It's like, I, I miss Games Master, though. I really want Games Master back. And I really wanted the, the Dominic Diamond Games Master book which I'll still mm. pick up one day, but the Kickstarter version of it... Oh, Alex, right, didn't win. <laughs> Turn it one. off. Canamoto won Turn by Turn it off. <laughs> Wearing his red shorts. Who does he think he is? Rick Flair. <laughs> by the way, there was some wrestling on the telly then. Yeah. Sorry, you're talking about but magazines. Yeah, the, um, <laughs> the, the, the Games Master book by Dominic Diamond, I think it covered the magazine and the show and everything and, and the sensation it was and then its untimely end. Mm. But... It came in like a hardbacked, this like really 90s green hardbacked thing, oh. like bound properly with just the Games Master M just stamped into the, like embossed into the front of Beautiful. it. And I was like, oh, I love that logo so much. I love that logo so it's much. bloody good. Did they not do a Games Master recently? They had, they rebooted it. I didn't catch much of it, but the bits I caught were pretty interesting. I don't yeah. know, other people in the office, I think Pachiti had seen a few news like, eh, it's all right, you know, it's not the same as it was, but it's all right. Yeah. Because we've obviously got Trevor McDonald's now, the Games Master and stuff. And I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm grand. I'm like, he's still got the Trev. same kind of cybernetic weird head and... Yeah. Because Patrick Moore was like... Oh, God. Fantastic. <laughs> but he was never a games I, guy. I've always either wanted that or the Games Master M tattooed on me. Oh. Like the, uh, just Patrick Moore as the Games Master with this big cybernetic eye. <laughs> this, this, this guy who made a career as like an astrologist and a very clever man yeah. going, okay, so you want to beat Super Mario World. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Just Come complete, down to my level, Patrick. Yeah, like the most alien role that man could ever be put into. It would be like the level select on it's Sonic as, the Hedgehog. It's as weird as down, if they got right. like Richard Burton to do it. Like it was that <laughs> weird. It's like That'd be amazing. Huh? <laughs> okay. I think Trevor McDonald was was a very inspired choice to take on it, that. Well, it mantle. was the same sort of thing, wasn't it? it was like eh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
fine. Like you can't complain. Like oh, it's not like Patrick Moore. Well, everybody knows a non a, a non gaming fan. But everybody knows like he's got a, a a very strong history as a broadcaster. Everybody knows like he's a very intelligent mm. man in the way he comes across on TV, and like he always seems to to be. You know, like have an opinion and 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 be able to sort of stand there and command a situation. So it's yeah. like he is a perfect fit for the games master. He's I, ideal. I liked Do more more of him, please. More of him. Can you pass me the bottle, please? I can indeed, uh, Tom. I think. Thank you, sir. Uh, Kanemoto versus Alex Wright. How many stars? Uh, from what I caught there, According to Dave Meltzer, it was exciting. It was quite quick, but it felt a little bit stinted in places. Like maybe some of the spinning back kicks came a little bit, sort of like, oh, where are we going? Oh, uh, where are we going? You and paid more but, attention uh, than I did. I, I'd say <laughs> three. Three and three quarters. Three and three quarters. <laughs> Scheme Gene pushing his hotline. It's funny watching this whilst watching Raw. And like they were going like, ah, I'm Scheme Gene, well, I'm going to make a quick I, buck. I can talk about this morning was because I know that the videos have been quite popular and people have been asking for more. So there is more timeline Yay! on the way. Uh, but the the uh, love timeline. The episode to me. The episode that I I've just started recording for. There was a point about Mean Gene, and I'm not going to reveal the year. But there's a point about Mean Gene uh, and the hotline and revealing a death on the hotline. And it sounds like he's insinuating that Ric Flair has passed away. And so the hotline does the biggest business, like gangbusters level business. I just insane. I know it. And <laughs> Turner then has to issue an edict saying no more deaths on the line. And Mean Gene has to do a public retraction. And oh. Imagine clickbaiting a death. <laughs> Essentially, it's, it's, is what he was doing. Yeah, literally. And it's like, Imagine people, clickbait. People go off about death. clickbait being a problem these days. It's like, yeah, but like back then, you paid like four dollars a minute for yeah for me and Gene to be like, let me just uh, just uh, down the other end of the phone. I'm just shuffling my notes for a minute and a half. Well, it appears that the results from last night's wrought. Not that one, Gene. Well, I've got 15 more matches to read out. Okay. Stay listening till the Stay end. Stay listening. Stay listening. And then, oh, and it wasn't the person you thought was dead. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for all your money. <laughs> if you haven't asked your parents to call, naughty, naughty. But Krusty forgives you. <laughs> Unless you did it on a credit card. <laughs> Mean gene, yeah. <laughs> so, on comms, by the way, tonight, as you can tell, as we are currently at 35 minutes and 24, 25, 26, we have uh, Bobby Heenan, Tony Schiavone, and Dusty Rhodes, baby. That's cool, but right now we've got meaty, meaty boys. Oh. Shia Vone's going to lose his shit. It is a meaty boy battle here. That's a hero, Chono. Now, Chono. Now, what's nice is there'll be, like... Uh, Talk about the significance of Massa Chono. So you know everything that Hollywood Hulk Hogan was? Yeah. Masahiro Chono is essentially the same. But years earlier. Uh, no, like it, it all kind of, mm, kind of. I think uh, it was it's, early, Yeah, right? it's like he's he's like the swaggery. I mean, you see the way he's carrying himself right now, mm. right? He's carrying himself in a certain way. You just add a pair of shades to that and you've got like the coolest looking underboss style. He's sort of like... It, it's almost like shades of bullet clubby. Like it, it's it's a bit like, oh, this guy's pretty dangerous. This guy's pretty bad. Uh, and a lot of hype around him. And, you know, at the time, people just really, really enjoyed him. Yeah. So I, I think like he, he goes on to head up NWO Japan, of course, and everything. But um, yeah, when you add those shades, that is the primo entrance gear is Masahiro Chono's long coat shades. And just that I do not give a fuck facial expression. <laughs> 
just ah. Uh, uh. <laughs> Understated, underrated. At least, at least on the Western side of wrestling world. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Because I genuinely well, think he was now, doing the Hollywood it, it, thing. It's before. really, it's really hard to like. Because um, now like, everybody understands the importance of people. But I think at the time, like, and that's the thing. Like in that bubble, it's a bit like, oh, this guy looks cool, but it's not quite like, oh my god. But did you see the match he had against Blur? And did you? It's, mm. it's like, sorry. <laughs> You're all good. Delicious. <laughs> um, it, it, it's more, yeah, I, I think he he's like already the bare bones of the Hollywood character. Mm. Just waiting. Just yeah. waiting. That cocky, cool swagger, man. It, it's it's great. And then we have Lex Luger. And fuck him. Uh, <laughs> I am. I, I think we've talked about it on several weeks. I thought weeks. it was just going to get really dark, though. You're going to be like, you killed Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> well, I, w- I mean, I mean, I, d- I mean, we haven't all watched that episode of WWF. Confidential. Confidential. That's horrible, man. What a weird way to... And that's, it's just horrible. That's mean Gene hosting it's that, that again. phone call is fucking horrible. I don't oh, ever want to have to hear it again. I want to have to go, did Lex Luger kill Miss Elizabeth? It's awful, because I, I, Lex Luger was like, I don't know what... I've told you before, like, my mom loved Lex Lex Luger. She just loved him. I don't know why, but he was up there on her pantheon of wrestlers. She, she could not get enough Lex Luger. Uh, probably just because he was an oily, muscly boy. But, like, not knowing any of this as a kid and not really going back to it until, you know, as, you know, like a late teen, early adult, when you get to that episode of Confidential and you hear the phone call of just Lex Luger distressed trying to get help and it's just fucking hell man it's great like and the fact that it was sort of cashed in on in that way it, it i get confidential as a concept i would love confidential to come back genuinely we kind and, of did with dark well, side of the ring well this is the thing is apparently wwe are very keen to work with the dark side of the ring people and i think we could see maybe a return of a confidential style show They're doing but... something on the territories with them are they really yeah mm, that's gonna be tasty but Ooh. i I think Confidential um, has an important place because it allowed for discourse in a in a way that wouldn't usually be done by the company, but it did quickly devolve into hit pieces when they needed it. Mm-hmm. And it was a bit like, I, you know, I say hit pieces, obviously, you know, the circumstances around everything we were just talking about are all out there. Uh, and, you know... It, it, I'm not saying hit pieces in. Oh, they went after him, but you know it, it's it still a bit, a bit like of a it was still quite like hatchet. fuck, man. Did we need to hear the phone call? Did we need to no. like? Ugh. No, I didn't like it. Like um, you know, nobody really has a great opinion after that. Do we really need to? But putting that over there, yeah, I don't like Lex Luger. <laughs> no, in 1995, I think, and 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 it's been a bit of bit of a thing in the back of my head because mm. clearly a lot of people do in this time period. Yeah. And and it annoys me because I'm not on that bandwagon. And I think it's because, like, like I know why your, your mum rates Lex Luger. He's, he's a, a holdout. He's a handsome man. But he's a holdout, isn't he? He's, even though he doesn't um, give a, like, in the bluntest way possible, give a solitary shit about wrestling. Yeah. Um, it, he's a holdout of that era. That late 80s, early 90s. He's still the comic book character. It's like... When Jeff Jarrett cut his hair, my man was like, there's no way that's Jeff Jarrett. He had the hair and the, the cowboy hat, and it's like the same person. See, I think you're, again, I genuinely My man think, just gets worked. When you, when you say <laughs> stuff like that, I think you give him far more credit than he deserves. Because for me, I've, I see what WCW is doing. I don't mean by skill. I mean just by time he was in the company. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. By, oh, yeah okay. So people shout, just associate him with the, the golden age. But they've given someone with like Lex, who really is lacking in... 
a, a big level of wrestling personality. They're giving him such a storyline that is so nuanced. I.e., is he on this side? Is he on that side? Is he a goodie? Is he a baddie? But he doesn't have the chops to really no. He's a engage and pull it he's, off. He's a mid-range theatrical student actor being asked to star in a film when all you're being told is hit the back of the fucking room. Mm. So all Lex knows is to hit the back of the fucking room because you know that that was the eighties and nineties. So like. Be the big explosive character. Make the loud noises. Look at the audience. Do big grand gestures, which is still all part of wrestling today. But it's also stitched into a lot of nuance. Whereas, let's skip the class on nuance. And so it's all screams and, and poses. And it's still very much, yeah, I'm the best. And it's like, the world is waking up to this all being bullshit now. Yes. Like, Philly, there are guys in Philly throwing themselves through tables and turning their backs into hamburger meat and, you know, laughing about it and having fun doing it. And the crowd are like, yeah. And so now just to borrow one from everybody's most hated person, uh, now it's no longer about fake fighting in scripted situations. It's about how fucked up can you really get? Yeah. So it's about nearly actually dying for gratification. But then that's where I believe wrestling becomes an art form mm -hmm. at that point because it's, and I think it had already had these moments beforehand because I think it, it's all in the performers themselves. Like if you look back to the territory days, it's an art form. They upheld kayfabe. They did all this shit yeah. and they, they did it all to work people that didn't even know they were being worked. But I think at this point, it, it's it's more like, yeah, but look at what he's putting his body through for this. Look at what she's putting her body through for this, mm -hmm. for our entertainment. And it becomes slightly more gladiatorial. But then with each passing bigger and bigger bump, I feel that people feel more indebted to the personality because they did that for them. So yeah. I think it, it's more like a labor of love to be able to turn your body into just a pile of broken bones and blood to the audience. Not quite at this point, but within the next two years, you're going to notice a very sharp tonal shift because that little group of rabid mentalists in Philly are just going to start taking over the world. They really shift both and major companies. That is when wrestling it becomes like, well, shit, look at what they're doing to their bodies for mm -hmm. us. And it's gladiatorial, man. That's all it is. It's yeah. it going, there's just no, like, you know, no emperor's thumb down at the end. People just go to the back. And Luger, uh, as you said there, is a, is a callback to that era of yeah. before then. Yeah. So therefore, that kind well, of Well, he was like, around in Roman days, wasn't he? He probably was. Yeah, WrestleMania Caesar. 9. Come on! Sorry, oh, WrestleMania 3, sorry. Caesar's parking lot! <laughs> no, yeah, WrestleMania 9. It what was, am I talking about? It was 9. WrestleMania 3. That's fucking you Hogan Andre. You, you might have 93, looked. that was my brain. Yeah, you yeah. were there. You, you're like me. Sometimes I look at 5 o'clock on a 24-hour clock, and I think it's 7. And I have to go, wait, no. The amount of times I shit myself full stop. on the regular. <laughs> oh, yeah, full stop. The end, cut that. <laughs> but yeah, look at a clock and it's like, ah! and you're halfway down the stairs. I've got another fucking hour. <laughs> <laughs> the 24-hour clock was a mistake. <laughs> it's, it's upset all of us. Can but I yeah. not just get the 24-hour analog clock? That'd be quite... <laughs> I'll tell you what annoys me, right, about... about Here's, here's the problem with clocks. Oh, torture rack. Oh, Luke. Torture rack. Come on, Chono. Hold out. Hold out, motherfucker. No. Jobbed no, out. Chono. Six minutes and 41, they jobbed out, Chono. Livid. Um, I don't know what Chono's doing at this point uh, in Japan. Like, the, the 90s New Japan is kind of 
mm. bit of a spotty period for me because obviously I came back into it and I've been Never I've looked. read up a lot. I've I've watched like important key moments and matches back. But again, it's just, you know, well, I mean, you know the nature of the beast. If Tom, if I was like, yeah. Tom, go home tonight and watch CMLL, you'd probably do it and have a great time. I'd have a lovely night. But at the same time, it's like, fucking hell, but I've got to watch Raw and I've got to watch <laughs> SmackDown and I'm going to do. So it's like very much, I, 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 get, I get called the New Japan guy a lot, but it's, it's like, I need to. I need to buff that out a bit because Atkins certainly probably knows a hell of a lot more than me. Well, on this I, li- stuff. I like that there's so many people with so many flavors of knowge about yeah. J- Japanese wrestling. Pure I'm just, I'm, I'm, I want to get back point. into Gambare because I watched like three events and it was great. Um, in I terms of what Chona was doing at this time, uh, in December, uh, he'd had uh, a, a very short win over Yoji Anjo on yep. TV. Uh, and he'd su- unsuccessfully challenged for the IWGP tag title. When was his last title? His last title win. At that point. Well, how do you hell? He must have held one. Uh, that's a really good question. Or has he me. won any awards, like tournament victories? Okay, so oh, by this point, he the last title he had won was the IWGP tag title with Tenzan. Yes. And he lost that back in July. Uh, that was the last title he had. Right. Um, well, he Tenzan. then win the titles back with Tenzan in 96. Yeah. Tenzan and, and Chono, either way, magnificent mm. hair for two magnificent He'd been, he'd been NWA world champion by this point. And he's also the, uh, is it the stepfather of um, Jazzy Gabbett? Is he really? Is it Masahiro Chono that's, I, I don't know. If you Google Jazzy really, Gabbett, you I feel might... really bad. I interviewed Jazzy Gabbett and I never asked her about it. <laughs> I remember reading it and I was like, eh? Yeah, stepped yeah. out of Jazzy Gap. Wow, well, I interviewed her and I never even asked her. <laughs> it was I'm, like a I'm weird, an awful journalist. I remember just reading it going, eh? And then like verify, eh? What? <laughs> it was just over there doing CWA stuff. What's going on? Incredible. That's incredible. Yeah, so he'd, become a, he'd been a tag champion around by this time. Uh, he and Tenzan. Tenzan representing tonight. We'll see him in action Tenzan very represent. shortly. Tenzan represent. I always liked Tenzan. I still do. Yeah. He's, he's he reminds got a me a lot of vibe that I he quite He reminds me I a lot like. of like big guys like Typhoon, uh, Tugboat, mm. you know, like, uh, you know, like your John Tenters. Like, I love a, like Vader. I just love a big guy wrestler because I was always a big kid. So, like, I was always a big kid. Uh, and, you know, you get picked on for being a bigger kid. But when you'd see guys like Vader move around the ring or you'd see guys like Tenter move around the ring, it's like, just because you're a big guy doesn't mean you can't move fast. Just because you're a big guy doesn't mean you can't do this. You can't. Uh, it's like, yeah, sure, these guys are like six five, and I will never reach that height. Sadly, young Sam, if you're watching this through some time loops, so mm-hmm. you don't I get guess, six. You know, five. you don't even get the six. So just set your expectations accordingly. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like I, I don't know. Like I, I always. And a lot of people get bored by them as well because, you know, you'll see the occasional comment or interaction where it's like, why do you like them so much? But, like, David versus Goliath matches where you'd have a small guy up against a heel Vader or, like, somebody like that where it was like, yeah, he's huge, but also look how fast he can move, look how powerful he is, and he's up against a Daniel Bryan-like. Mm. And it's like... Or, like, I mean, the ultimate underdog, Rey Mysterio, right? Or Jeff Hardy, the Undertaker, make yourself famous, kid. Like, all those moments. Just that's what I love the bigger versus smaller wrestler. The, but I, I, I like bigger wrestlers in general, but bigger wrestlers that can fucking move. Mm. That, it, for me, is just. Mwah. I would have loved the territories. Like, if it was around the 60s, 70s, I would have been sinking my money into this shit every <laughs> week. <laughs> Being at every show. 
and fighting in the streets afterwards where people go, you know, it's fake, right? It's not fake. Sure. Kevin Sullivan did not just get jobbed out for no reason. <laughs> back suplex you. Yeah. Yeah, back. Well, the way Cornette would talk about it, when he took us to the Louisville Gardens for the, the documentary that will probably never see the light of day, um, the we, he took us around the back where they would load in. So he's like, this is where you'd pull into park, you'd come in here. And it was like, you know, you'd come out after certain matches and people would be in the car park adjacent up two floors, police would be helping the heels out. People would just be throwing rocks, bottles, anything they could, trying to jump over with knives. And it's just like, you, the police would have to escort you out over city lines to the highway and then see you later. Incredible. And it's like, I, I would have totally been like, screw you for <laughs> cheating. How dare you break Wahoo's leg? Fuck you. <laughs> just be, I'd have been hook, line, and sinker on that shit. Like, see, totally. I, 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 I kind of wish... I could have experienced it in some small form, just one territory show, because it seems like it was fucking wild. During my brief run as a heel manager for a wrestling yeah. promotion, I once... Was oh, this when you managed Mickey the Dragon? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And once uh, I, I got touched out and had my he and their head shook... She shook her head at me outside oh, of wrestling. Oh! And that felt oh. phenomenal. It was like that's not even getting a rock thrown at me. I remember the the Just actor who disgust. played was it? Oh, Sonny's owning his check the night, isn't he? Um, <laughs> Master Saito. Uh, so we got um, yeah. Sorry, what was I talking about? That was it. The actor who played was it Ian on EastEnders? He was an abusive Ian husband. Uh, I don't know. It was Adam Woody? He was he was a Scottish guy. He was an abusive husband to oh. Little Mo. Um, oh, I'm, yeah, I know who you mean. I the actor who played him. Yeah. I remember reading an article with him about it because he's still one of the most iconic soap opera. And I don't know, like, I know America's got soaps, but I don't know if it's quite as intense in terms of fandom as no. the UK because UK soaps like Coronation Street, EastEnders, even Emmerdale to that degree, Hollyoaks, uh, you know, they all have very rabid fan bases yeah. that want to know everything. It's almost like wrestling, like legit. It's it's like the same kind of, I want to know all the secrets. I want to know what's happening, what who's they're going, filming who's this going week. Over next week. Who's going Like, who's going to die? Who's the mm. birds? Because the bookies have odds on stuff and all this. Mm. But uh, the actor who played him, um, even after his character got killed off in an act of revenge by the woman that he was uh, abusing... He would receive just abuse from old ladies in the shopping, like, uh, sorry, sorry sh supermarkets, and he'd just get loads of crap just for playing that character. He's like, but I'm not him in real life. And they'd be like, you're a monster. You're a terrible person. Amazing. That's amazing. So Sonny Ono has just given some grief to Kimberly Page. She said something about a bathhouse. No, this is his bat. This is Johnny B. Bad's house. Oh, uh, Johnny it's B. Bad's house. house. I was about to say, like, what the <laughs> fuck? This is a bathhouse. <laughs> like we don't need to be talking about Soapland on pay per view, everybody. Let's let's just leave it there. Oh. Oh, tell your woman. He didn't say tell her. He said control oh, her. Control her. He started it, and she gave him some grief, and then everyone cheered. I went to the bathhouse this morning. Actually, you went to the bathhouse. Well, kind of. Oh well, I want to get back into swimming. Right. So it turns out that Newcastle City Baths, they like they open at like six in the morning. So ah. I went for a swim at six this morning. I feel amazing. I yeah, I miss swimming. I, I applied for a weekend pass there ages ago and I just didn't have time. So the mm. application is still sat in my my thing. But like I was looking at monthly, it's so expensive that. It's really expensive. It's like ninety eight quid a month for gym I did and I baths. did a one off just to see whether it was worth 
Like whether and whether I could negotiate yeah. a, a low effect. Literally, I just want to come for a swim. I just maybe that's it. twice I want a, a pool. Week. I can maybe sp- yeah, three quid a pop, jump yeah. in and swim. I want to just like, go in for half an hour, do some laps. Like it's the best. I love swimming. I do like swimming, but every I feel like every gym that has a swimming pool is like well, it's a hundred pound a month. This is for it. some water, you if bastard. You, well, D A D H D W D W. I think they're like fifty. Hmm. But the last one I went to, that pool was all like atmospheric. So it had like, it, it was all done out like a really cheap pantomime play version of a Roman bath. Mm. Uh, and it had like, you know, LED downlight in it's like, it's cool and it's very relaxing and it was good for certain things, but it was like, you can't just get in there and swim laps over and over and over and over and over again with the new age music going. No. So it was just a bit like, <laughs> I just need somewhere I can jump in. So I'm going to end up in like Crudders Park. But if you find a pool and you want somebody to go swim with, hit me up. Ah, mate, I like a swim. Swimming, yes. It's just, it's just, it's a bit of exercise that I enjoy doing and I've always enjoyed doing it. Um, it's just finding places that are open early enough. Yeah. Because so, I'd like to go first thing in the morning. This is it. Because where, where I'm moving to, I've, I've got a gym nearby. So I'm looking forward to getting up and just doing like 6 a.m. straight up gym. Because I, I don't know whether you're the same as me. It's like with the gym stuff, because you say you want to get up early. Yeah. Like for me, it's because I know that if I say I'll do it in the afternoon, yeah. I'll have talked myself out of it by the end of the day. That, so getting it done as my eyes and are opening. I, I know I'm fucking useless for the first two, three hours of the day until I've got the blood pumping anyway. So oh. it's like if I just get to the gym and do it straight away, I know I'm <clears> better. Like I can start work with the clearer mind and stuff. Mm. I'm big into Saito's uh, Zuba's pants. <clears throat> oh, big style. Zuba's are the uh, the only legal requirements <laughs> clothing so, in in my United Kingdom when I seize control. That's all I'm going to say. When you're finally running the joint. When I'm finally running the joint, Zuba's are mandatory. So don't think- worry, you'll all thank me. There's colours for everybody. They're all just zebra print though. I'd be fine. Yeah, I'd expect nothing less. Yeah, Saito's. Um, footprint on wrestling is forever. The yes. Saito suplex comes from Saito? Yes, I believe so. I would. I can't think of anywhere else it would come from. I believe so. So the fact that, you know, <laughs> you have a move that's named after you that is used on the regular. He even had it in NXT, them referring to uh, Karrion Cross as Doomsday Saito! Back in the happier back in, times. Back in the happier times. Back now in... it's just known as the, the Cross Slammer. <laughs> it's not even that. Yeah, it's not, not even, even that, yeah, because he's gone. Is he controlling his own narrative? He is or? controlling his narrative. So oh. good luck to him. I'm, I'm delighted for you. Him and um, Braun Strowman the Butcher, apparently. There's a has Saito! Braun, has Braun still got the... There's prodig- a me suplex! Has Braun still got the um, the prodigy hair shaved in? Yes. Nice. Uh, but, ne- but he did a couple of videos on Twitter where he's got like a butcher's knife. And uh, he looks a bit like a butcher. So I think his new thing is he's going to be a butcher. He does look like a butcher. He'd be a good butcher. Not like like Andy Williams looks like a fucking... That's an American butcher. That's <laughs> a guy I'd walk in there and be like fucking Tomahawk. And he'd be like... Yep. Wouldn't say a single word. he just hand you the meat and hold out like the card reader. Whereas Braun Strowman is your family Lancashire butcher. Hello, darling. From, what like, can I get you? <laughs> yeah, like halfway down Parliament Road in Middlesbrough. There's just uh, there's a butcher's that... Um, yeah, All Braun right, would duck. fit right back in on. Like, like, yeah, he'd be like seven foot nine. Yeah, he'd be wider than the entire cabinet. But he would also stand in front of you and just awkwardly shuffle <laughs> some sausages into a bag, drop one, and be like, "Oh, oh I'll just put that on the side." Either there'd be like a little, there'd be a little uh, toothpick sticking into the steak bit that you wanted, and you go, yeah, "Yeah, I'll get that for you." And as he's packing it up, he doesn't know what to do with the toothpick, so he just sticks it in his arm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'd be that kind of butcher. 
I'm up for a gimmick I of a family butcher. In the white hat, though, more than anything. I can see oh, in the white no. hat and, and, and white coat. See, everyone thinks that the idea of a butcher's gimmick is 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 something very aggressive, very hardcore. But you know what? Imagine he's coming down. With the hat as dishing a family out, butcher. Dishing out, you know, the family-friendly butcher prices. Yeah! He's got little flyers. Bringing them down, it's he's a like, family hey, five kilos of chicken breast for twenty quid this week. He's handing some mystery meat bags as he goes out, and he's yeah. doing, ah, give you all the awful for the dog. Butcher. Give you all the awful for the dog. Be brilliant. Couple that, of bones in there. That'd be a great, yeah. that'd be a great gimmick for a family show. <laughs> a family butcher. <laughs> Hey, if he causes any trouble, I'll turn Tom, him into I sort of, for your I sort dog. Of, I sort of want us to win the lottery, so me and you can just <laughs> wildly book a vanity project where we bring in like huge independent names and make them wrestle under ridiculous gimmicks. I don't think you truly realise, none of you truly realise, none of you OGs truly realise how lucky you were that I wasn't part of WCPW because I'd have, I'd have tanked that ship very quickly <laughs> with my fingerprints on it. You're so lucky. I, I, You're lucky I came in late. I think WCPW had its own little bubble. Um, mm. I, I think it was, it was. I don't know. I'd it, have been, I'd was, have been amongst that bubble. I'd, I'd have gone, you'd have right, been amongst both, it. Both of you, for Adams, sure. Stand away. Hear me out. Family butcher. <laughs> <laughs> family butcher. I mean, we could book Jay Lethal. You're right. But <laughs> How about we book Jay Lethal? Family butcher. Jay Lethal. Family butcher. All right. I'll leave the room. Let's get uh, EC three. <laughs> Your local DMV um, <laughs> counter guy. No, in fact, no, he's the guy that you take your test with and he's just more and more frustrated every time. Yes! And he's just like, I can't fucking believe this. This is another minor. And, and he's ticking it off at you. <laughs> <laughs> You've got 11 more of those. <laughs> I don't know how many minors you get. <laughs> oh, should bring minors into wrestling. Um, but then I fucking genuinely hell. think, I genuinely think that at that point, Fucking beer and a half, Tom. <laughs> First class male then debuts. Yes. Which is my... I would say I beat him. We've, the match is in. Oh, the match finished? <laughs> did, did the match end by DQ? <laughs> Excellent. Um, <laughs> we'll get back to that. Put no, a pin on it. They uh, won, sorry, by the way. Won. Yeah, won, okay, won. right. So back to... Back to... Go on. Right, so. First class male. Is that not a bit too close to special delivery Jones? <laughs> They're tag partners. <laughs> this is my wrestling. We had a whole chat upstairs in the upstairs office about what our wrestling gimmicks would be. Yeah. And mine is mine will forever be first class male, which is a wrestling postman. Now there's a few wrestling postmen I've since discovered on yeah. the market, but like I like the idea of coming out in the postal gear. Um, you finish it being see now the the, the color finishes for, yeah. for, for for first class male. It's a leg drop off the top rope, which is yeah. called air mail. Nice. Uh, and there's the curb stomp, which is called stamp duty. Right. But that is a bit more for a gimmick for an estate agent. <laughs> <laughs> you do look, uh, well, you know, you do look, but often people will compare you to uh, your fella Gensing. from Under the uh, Homes Under the Hammer. Oh, so yes! you could it could be Martin, a dual gimmick. Martin thing from Under the Hammer. Yeah, it's true. Actually, I could do that. You could be a dual gimmick. Yeah, no, nobody's saying you I'll can't put be. You under the hammer. You're a, you're a postman, but you're also a landlord. Oh my so god! So you're you're everybody's favorite as the postman. When you come out as the landlord, they're like, oh no, oh, ding dong landlord. He's here. the one that's going to close down the building tonight, or unless the promotion raises the money they need oh through ticket god. sales. I you better hope you told your friends. I love you. You look around the room's half empty. You've raised just enough. To keep the building open this week, everybody. I love the idea <laughs> of a wrestling landlord. 
rights for landlords. Oh my god. My landlord just just was like, oh yeah, like I, I thought he was allowing me out of my contract early. I I was like, oh, this is amazing because my move-in date's slightly before the move, and he was it was like, yeah, and that means I don't have to pay for a month of and he was like, No, no, you'd still have to pay that under the thing. I was like, What, but then you can move somebody else in? No. Oh. Like, I'm not you're not getting double rent on Boom. that. I'm gonna, yeah, so Big heel. more heel landlord gimmicks, please. Heel landlords, yeah. I, I, there's there's lots of potential for promos as a heel landlord. Yeah. I like that. You know, the most, the, I think the most heel promo I ever did, um, we did a show at the student union where WCPW did a lot of stuff yeah. back in today. I did a show for their, for the Northumbria Students Union Wrestling Company. Yeah. They, they booked me and Mickey the Dragon to basically come in as baby faces and then Shout return heel. Northumbria University Students, uh, sorry, Wrestling Society. Yes, yeah. that's them. And, and, you, and, and UWS. WS, yes. They booked me and Mickey the Dragon to start and basically start a match with Babyface and then turn heel. So obviously I come out and give it the whole, hey, look, you boo us in other places, but we're, hey, look, we're here for the good here. We love what you do. It's Jonah Phoenix is the opponent. We, hey, Jonah is an absolute star. Give yeah. him a round of applause. Give it all this. Anyway, we turn heel. And as I'd arrived that night, I noticed there were posters everywhere for a, for a big climate change protest that was going on the next right. day. Like everywhere, they were putting this <laughs> climate change protest. So obviously once we've done the heel thing... I grab the mic. I just go, hey, Northumbria, climate change is a myth. Drop the mic and leave. Boom, you bastard. One of the most what a dream. inexplicably Mwah. shit but incredible gimmicks I've ever seen <laughs> is... Climate um, change. No, it was, it was somebody wrestling under the name of Yorkshire Dale. But yes, they so I think For they were supposed bro. to be they were supposed to be like a scarecrow. So scarecrows yeah. have a very you know typical look in people's minds because of Batman and old Halloween drawings. It's you know your standard raggedy scarecrow character, except Yorkshire Dale is for some reason in a neon green morph suit with googly eyes <laughs> and and like overalls. And I was just like I couldn't stop laughing. It was just the most fun. I'd ever seen, but it was all just from the gimmick. I was just like, this is incredible. Like, I can't, the name, the look, everything, just, I was not fucking expecting <sighs> when that got announced. I was howling for about five straight minutes. What happened to Yorkshire Dale, though? Because when Rad Pro stopped promoting in the Northeast, I feel like Yorkshire Dale fell off the radar. I have no idea. I don't know. Yorkshire Dale, Lancashire if you're out Dale there. Now. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's Lancashire <laughs> Hot Pot now. <laughs> His little gimmick change, he's fine. He's, 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 he's now working in America as EC3. <laughs> right, should we go Turns over the reviews for the Punk. last match? Right, yeah. So Johnny B. Bad and Master Saito. Shijiro Utani's making his entrance Oh, right okay. Before we, before he comes out, what did Dave give Johnny B. Bad versus Master Saito? You know, it was all right till the finish, that. It was all right. I, uh... Still going to say three. Dave couldn't disagree more. Half a star. Half a star. Half a star from Dave. I thought it was. I thought it was. It, the pace was all right and everything, but Dave. it was the shenanigans that really fucking let it down. Dave disagreed. Dave just thought it was a bit shit. A bit shit. <clears throat> Pathetic. Overall, though, um, 
WCW, like WCW officials, according to Dave Meltzer, have been so happy with the undercard of this America of this mm. America versus New Japan. But they're going to sack half the older stars. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that uh, Sonny Ono and Masa Saito negotiated the next day, came to an agreement to use Japanese talent more often on pay per views in 1996, and at time of writing, do another World Cup next year. If they do or not, we will see. There might be something else that comes along more important. New, new, new world order. Yeah, there's there's also, uh, I mean, what we've had a pretty big banner year, though, haven't we, 95? Because mm. this is, we should probably talk about 95 because simply, you know, this is the very end. This is the bitter end of 1995 for WCW. We've had Collision in <clears> Korea. <throat> we've had Nitro, the first ever Nitro. We've had Lex Luger defecting on a much lesser deal, which is why I'm guessing WCW are so happy to use him so much because they didn't like well Bischoff didn't really give a fuck whether they had him or not we had man versus um, man and machine versus machine yeah we had the first ever three ring battle royal oh god yeah yeah that was a lovely lovely uh it's, it was a thing sorry that just happened. remember you remember when air shows were allowed at wrestling uh, sorry air horns <laughs> were allowed at wrestling shows it was the mat that was the match that was meant to be the rumble killer yeah well it wasn't spoiler it could have been but it was too convoluted and they would have been better off having a 60-foot ring. I don't think there'll ever be a match that is a rumble killer. Because I think the rumble, the rumble the gimmick is so blend. perfect. Yeah, action, excitement, drama. Yeah. Like it, 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 it's the rumble is all three of those things in a power pyramid. Yeah. You can't like it doesn't matter if the fucking reveal is oh it's the hurricane again for you know it's the third bad time. Bunny. It doesn't matter because like if I'm there in the audience, like the rumble, I was saying this to Steph the other day, it's like I I want to do a WrestleMania with Steph. Mm. because she's never been to a WrestleMania. She really wants to go to one. And I was like, after that, though, I'd maybe go to a SummerSlam, but the only real WWE show I want to see that I'm still yet to see that I would do anything to see in person is the Royal Rumble. Yeah. And I would deliberately try and avoid, <clears throat> despite my job, as many rumors as possible mm -hmm. going into the Rumble, simply because being there in the audience, as I was saying, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, the same face you've seen three times recently at last Rumbles being the surprise entrant or, you know, like it's somebody making a return. So it's not quite as exciting as like, oh, it's an old face. Like, it's still exciting because you count down from 10 to zero and whoever comes out comes out. Yeah. And I think that un unless it's very specific circumstances, Rey Mysterio, uh, you, you very rarely get people booed at the Rumble. It's always a very nice atmosphere and everybody's good and drunk by the time the match starts. Yeah. So it, it's like, yeah, it, it definitely feels like the best. I, w I do wonder, as you say there, like you said, I'd want to avoid like even working here as many spoilers as possible. Yeah. And there is sometimes part of me when we do the Rumble build and we're talking about like the the, the, the rumors and the speculation. There's part of me that does that Michelin Web sketch where I go, are we the baddies? Are we the baddies? <laughs> are we the <Yeah>. baddies? <laughs> but then I think, well, no, everybody's got their own mind and if they don't want to watch, they won't. Well, this is it. Yeah. And I'm glad that you do, by the yeah. way. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it's it's one of those things, isn't it, where you know we we while we're not journalists, I would say I think I think we're we're commentator like commentators on wrestling. Uh, I think that we, given that we review news and oh, sorry we review news, we 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 do news and we mm. try and collate headlines. We're kind of like an aggregator, so it, it it's like I think we we're obligated because people want to know the latest news to report stuff. Uh, so yeah, I'll just be trying to avoid all of the news edits <laughs> and and telling everybody you get the spoilers elsewhere if I ever get to go to Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> Turn off Twitter for a month. I'd just I be would. like, if you can just do all the spoilers in the weekday news, so I don't have to do any <laughs> on Saturday, that would be great. Hulk Hogan, <laughs> God damn it! No, I know. But the Rumble would be great to go to. And who knows? Like, 
because they have said WWE have said they're keen to do more stadium events. Well, they yeah. are going to do more stadium events going forward. And obviously, we've got our own in September for Clash of the Castle. In I want to see Clash of the, uh, Clash of the Castle. I want to see tour. Mm. I want to see it hit up a different place every single time because you can't throw a stone in Europe without hitting a town with a castle in it. Mm-hmm. So I think Clash at the Castle is just vaguely enough titled and just vaguely enough logoed that you can slap that on, you know, Liechtenstein. You could slap it any way you wanted. And you can hit up a lot of markets that are maybe, you know, because I wouldn't say Wales is an alien market to WWE because like everywhere in the UK that, that gets the live shows, they know there's a fan base there. They know there's a rabid fan base in the mm. UK. They know there's a rabid fan base in Europe. But I'd say it allows them to hit up territories where maybe, because it's such a big show, you might get more people turn out simply because, well, shit, they're coming here. Oh, yeah. let's do it. And, and so I think you'll have a more favorable audience by hitting up markets that maybe are a little bit different to where you used to go in. And also, it's always got to change shit up. It's been, yeah. what, 30 years of the same five places? I mean, Hogan's last match in WWF originally was Sheffield, I think. Mm. that's like Sheffield holds like a weird place in wrestling history for that I think he did the house show loop and that was it contract done off but also it's, it's, it's funny you say that because his last wrestling match full stop yeah was in Manchester weird his last two were Nottingham and Manchester that's really odd it was for TNA. It was but six man tag. This is it. I think you know if you like Nottingham has never had uh, a, like or a, like a major WWE show they might have had like maybe a raw at some point, but I can't I, I can't remember them ever having like an actual you know, they've never had SummerSlam or no, 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 anything no, no. like that. And I think if you were to go to a different place that maybe you wouldn't usually hit up, you might find a more favorable group of people immediately ready to go, Whoa! and mm. a lot more buzz because the local press are gonna be like, What the fuck? Here? Really? Okay. <laughs> and it'll just Really? Here? I think in, I think it, it just it's more interesting to do that. You know, I, I would still like some UK centric pay-per-views if you know, maybe we only get one big one every now and then. Maybe just doing the odd one here and there on the network would be grand. Clash in Newcastle. I Yeah, well, this is it. I kind of just fucking get a floating ring on the quayside. Well, it's funny how none of us just go to James's Park. Get a couple of outboard motors, right? River's always going out. Stick them on either end, right? River comes back in. Then you've got engines on either side. You just turn the outboard motors on, get the refs to just whack them on. It'll push against the tide for long enough to keep the ring central. I've worked it out, Vince. Hit me up. It will stay in front of the stage where, you know, we do a lot of fireworks at New Year's Eve anyway. You could sell primo seating on the bridge. And then that jutty out bit on the swing bridge, they're like thousand pound tickets. Slog on the tine. Yeah. There you go. It's <laughs> all mine. And all the side spoons. Woo! <laughs> cheap points. <laughs> I really, I love the That's idea. That's the only bar. Imagine like 90,000 people somehow in bleachers. The only bar is the fucking Keyside Spoons. I love spoons. the idea of you being in a meeting with Vince and going, hear me out, right? Keyside Spoons has outdoor seating now. It can and seat, a Southern Fried Chicken Wrap. up to 30 people. And the owner likes Brexit, which you probably would. <laughs> Go on, Vince. They can otherwise, if it's a, or if they can't get there, where do they, where do they sit? Oh, they can stand on the bridge. Yeah. Everybody can see. <laughs> How are we charging them, pal? Oh, fucking no, that's your job. I'm the one that's coming up with the, the, the plan. Airdrop them in. No, no, no. <laughs> well, there's a gig on at the stage. Fuck that. <laughs> fucking Who is it? Andre Rio. Can he fucking... can fucking come out and do the national <laughs> anthem, then. Andre Rio. 
Ryu normally does the utility. Ryu He's does the boy. arenas, big boy. Yeah, everybody he, loves him. He walked like we, Alex and I went to go see him. Mm. We had this weird week. One You've week. seen him in person. Yes. He walked past me. Is he like, he looks like, a, 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 how deep in a conspiracies are you, Tom? Fairly. He he looks like one of the Nordic aliens. <laughs> he doesn't look like he's aged in like 30 years and he's still just as happy. as he's as, a happy as he, boy. Yeah. As he walked past, Alex went to the loo and then like him and his whole band walked past on their way yeah. to the stage. And uh, and he looks at me and I just thought, oh, what do I say to Andre Ryu at this point? You know, I've got one moment. He's made eye contact with me. I can't say anything. You know what I said to Andre Ryu? What? Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best I could I come watched, up with. Uh, I, my grandma was big into him, but I watched his um, his Christmas special from last year or the year before or something. Well, before COVID. Mm. It would have been like 2019, 2018. Um but it was weird. Like I didn't have really fucking any interest in him, but it was a lot of fun. Mm. It was like weirdly a lot of fun. I was like, I can see why people pay out the arse to see him because there's just a lot of like you know shenanigans that goes on. They, they normally his, near the end, like at the end of the gig we were at, I think he does it in every one. Yeah, like everybody gets up and does a little dance. Yeah, it's like a very polite mosh pit. Yeah, uh, for some of his big hits, his big bangers. He's fucking Andrew. Oh, everybody, while a fucking death. Stands the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> this one's called Now You Got Something to Toy. This one's called Symphony in E minor. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it was a lovely night. He just stands was... up and does the opening to a murder by Lamagos. <laughs> Whoever appeals to the law against his fellow man is either a fool or a coward, and he launches a bottle into the audience. <laughs> Whoever cannot take care of himself without that law is both. <laughs> it was the night after NXT uh, in the same venue. Where Sami Zayn made his in-ring return, and then the night after it was that Andre NXT Rio. house show. Yeah, fuck me, that's the greatest house show I've ever seen in my life. That was where me and Matthew fell out. I know, but that was I, the scene of the crime. <laughs> that that was my first great ever show. introduction to live NXT, mm. and straight up, that was unbelievable. That show, mm. really, really solid. Was that the show we also had? There were a couple of main roster guys. I think we had Stardust versus Pack, or was that? No, that was a, that was that a was the WWE one afterwards. show in Newcastle. After that, that one we had um, we had uh, we had uh, the Revival versus uh, American Alpha. Yeah, and that was where everybody was going. Um, like Jordan, give us a wave. Jordan, yeah, Jordan, yeah. give us a wave. We love you, Gable. We do. <laughs> like all chance. We had Pack versus or Neville versus Baron Corbin. Yeah, because everybody was going Neville is a Geordie. Neville is a Geordie. Da 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 da. Corbin is a Macum. Corbin is a Macum. <laughs> da, da, da. Um, what else was there that night? Those are the ones I main. I vaguely. We I had Bala. Then Bala and much. Sami Zayn was yeah. the main event for the NXT. Was title. Joe on the card? Oh, or was it while Joe was maybe injured? Regal came out at one point as well. Yeah. I just remember Regal coming out. That was at one point. that was my favorite ever WWE house show I ever attended. That was a good way. show. Like yeah. I remember not even being that drunk, like because mm. usually you know you go to our show, you watch, you get a bit drunk, you have a bit of a natter, you do a bit of a cheer, and it's just more of like a social thing while you're watching some wrestling, like going to your local indie would be. Yeah. But the NXT one had everybody right in the palm of the hand because I remember everybody was just hot as fuck for that like night of wrestling, man. That was during a real special time in NXT. When it that was, was during very... a really special time in Brit Rest as well. Like, you know, we, yeah. we had a very big bubble going on over here. And I think it was the perfect storm that. Mm. I remember sitting there going, oh, I hope they do the NXT show, show tour every year from now on. <laughs> Still fucking waiting. <laughs> <laughs> they said the main roster now, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I want to see <laughs> Bron Breaker. 
I would like to see Bron Breaker. I want to see Bron Breaker, and I want to see Rick Steiner being all proud of him. <laughs> I want to. I want to take Rick That's Steiner for. I want to take Rick Steiner for a steak. That's oh. all. You know how I want to build a boat with Arn Anderson. Yeah. I also want to take Rick Steiner for a steak. Oh, we could make that happen and if they ever come this neck of the woods. We'll yeah. Say, can we take Rick Steiner for a steak? And it won't be to a Shoney's. I'll tell you that much. Would you accept? <laughs> would you accept taking Bron Breaker for a steak? We need to find Newcastle's answer to Ribera, basically. Well, it's Coop. In fact, let's take him for a coop. It is coop, isn't coop it? Coop is Newcastle's Ribera. So we need to get coop to get some satin jackets. <laughs> and then Bron Breaker, Rick Steiner, hit us up. Come on. We've got to get this on the go. We'll get you some chicken. Let's start a new tradition in wrestling. The coop jacket. Some shit hot chicken. Oh, the crystal chili wings, man. Oh. Oh. So I've got some friends who are coming up to the Northeast this coming weekend for North. Yeah. And they have said the one thing we really want to do is hit up Chicken Coop because they've heard so many nice things about it. Coop is, us. honestly, Mike is a legend. I've known Mike since Mike's working in class. the cinema and that guy's dedicated to everything he does. Mm. Uh, but holy balls, <laughs> Coop Chicken. It is I, I can't even, like, a new chicken pops up all over town all the time and, you know, it might be good chicken, it might be all right chicken, but Coop is just next level. It, it always is, is. It always yeah. is. It is like special. it's the extra bit of care that goes into it. That and their half chicken is banging as well. A lot of places will specify, uh, specify. They'll specify in one thing. They'll specialize in like one thing where it's like you know you you've got like are they, like our boneless chicken's the best or our like half chicken's the best. Coop's like really well known for wings, but everything else they do is just. Nice. That's I'm going to miss goes. living around the corner from it. I'm telling you that much. Aww. I used to be able to just walk down. I still can right now for another month. I can just walk out my door. Where's your nearest? Left, where's your nearest? I mean, I mean, is there a chicken? You don't have to say because then people will find you. That'd be weird. It'll um, still be coop, but it's going to be like maybe a five minute walk. <laughs> it's, it's a longer walk. <laughs> I'm not moving further away from that place. I'll tell you that much. I need 20 wings. I need 20 wings, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because we went to the uh, WWE show in Newcastle yeah. a few weeks ago. But a weird sense of pride with that. And, mm. and, and you know, not showing too much about how the sausage is made. Yeah. Nor exposing too much about my current state of mental health. Yeah. But for me, I had a little moment where at the end of that, like at the end of the night, I'm back at home and I'm having a cup yeah. of tea. And I went, when I came up here, I remember buying a ticket and getting front and center for NXT. Yeah. And being really like, oh, this is cool. And then fast forward a few years and, you know, again, not showing that much of the sausage is made. I've been able to negotiate us to do like yeah, media with them. This was it. Getting to sit and look at my like, media pass after getting home. I was like, this is crazy. That was, that a, was, cool. that was an all right finish, that. Good finish, that. All right. But yeah, getting to sit, like looking at the, the, the media pass, I was like, man. That's a real like, sense of pride. That's, that's, that comes that's, from, an, like, that's an event. That's an official event yeah. that we went to and we did a thing at. And, and that's we were really told cool. to come along to. And I was yeah. Like, yeah. And, and, and the, the talent seemed to enjoy the interviews rather than being, you know, like, we, we were really trying not to do the standard type of thing because oh, it's, man. you know, it's like getting interviewed for a movie where, where everybody goes, well, why did Russell Crowe punch out that photographer? Mm. Well, when you've been asked, like, how is it working with Ridley Scott 58 times already? And you go outside and you go, I just want one cigarette. I'll take as many photos afterwards as you want. Mm. I just want one cigarette. <laughs> it's it's tr it's it's funny how so few people that I speak to really appreciate that the the real joy in an interview is getting stuff that you didn't know. You are the, the best interviewer I've ever seen, though. Like oh, bless I, you. it's like I I know for a fact I can count on you. I can count on Adam. I can count on Jack. Like, if somebody just came to me, well, there's a wrestling show and I need to be an interview. Either of you guys would absolutely kill it, and like you all have your own strengths, but like. It's yeah. I I don't know how you do it because I sit and just watch you as I'm recording. Like I don't fucking 
like what? <laughs> like I, I wouldn't have even branched there. I wouldn't. Have, and it, it's like, yeah, I, I, um, it's, it's a skill I, I would like to be more, but I, I've got a load of my own shit to. You deal do have with. a lot of your own but skill. I, but, but it's, I like, ah, I, I, I need to appreciate more that I, I, I have a natural knack for editing. You More than I'll make you so. Dumb. But I, I, I want to, you know, I, I, I need to start trying to to be more of an open person in general, and do more things and experience more things in order to be more. I guess open as an interviewer or somebody who's able to bring something to it. Because right now I'd just be like, so Ricochet, you have the the you IC know? belt and it's amazing. Can I touch it, please? <laughs> oh, it's nice that belt. Thank you. It's very a lot much. bigger than I thought it was. Anyway. Do you like being in WWE? I'd be, I'd be terrible. I'd I don't think you would. I think if it was the right person, yeah. I don't think you would. I see. I, I have trouble making eye contact with people though and stuff. When I'm like, I, I'm just like, mm. I, it takes me a long time. Mm. I don't know what it is, but like, I, I get it. I, uh, I, it, yeah, it, it's strange. Like, I, I, I don't know. I get it. I think it's more a case of like the if you. I think prep is always the best part mm. for an interview. Like, and and, uh, and it's funny because I've had conversations with people that go, I don't normally prep. I just like to go in and, and feel it. I said, no, but God, you should still prep. me. My entire brain would be going, <laughs> in the situation. And that's what most of these people who say that yeah. do with the greatest respect. The lot of people who say <laughs> to me go, I just feel it. No, you're not organic. You're lazy. <laughs> like if you put the prep in, you can go in and still feel it but you can relax a bit more knowing that you've done the, the the basics to know, I know they've been asked that before. Honest to God, the biggest thing is when you go in and go and, and show your, is a bit of a free tip. When you go in <laughs> and show your knowledge of the person, yeah, it means everything else is easier. Well, it's just, I, had a, I had a lecturer so who was really, really cool, but really blasé at university. And they were just intimidating because of that. Oh. But I remember I, I got to a point where I was just sick and it was like, when, when the fuck are we going to learn about film theory and how to make films and stuff? Mm. And it was this kind of slow curtain pull of, well, actually, you're not going to learn much of that on the course. And it was like, right, but like, I'm here because of X, Y, Z, this, this and that. Like, I want to be able to do this. And then the lecturer was sort of like, well, what? Like, how the fuck? The, okay, so you're into that. And it was more like, a, well, I'll I'll teach you as much as I know, but you've just wasted like 30 grand. It's like, brilliant. Let's get the BA anyway. Jeez. <laughs> so, what a thing to but say. It, it's, but the type of, it's the type of thing where it was like, I, I appreciate that it was no bullshit. And it was more like, well, if you're into this, then I'm into that. Let's talk. Here we go. Why is he they 10 spelled it wrong? They spell a lot of uh, names wrong, though. God. They repackage some people as well. Oh, they're not having a Christmassy time. They are. They She's do not like, like America. He, I'm not about this he, long hair at the back. Business up front party at the not, back. He's not, not much of a business here. up front because he's got he's got frosted tips. <laughs> he's What's not. his business? Being who is he? Michael Cole man. in the noughties. Being a nasty man. Why has he got bull horns? Oh, <sighs> I like Ted. I love Ted's Look at him. He did a roaring elbow. It was the first. Person, like, I remember him doing a really nice roaring elbow on a yeah. match that I watched. I was like, ah, oh, that's a nice. Why is he in a, a shirt that says Hero Yamamoto? Oh. Maybe he didn't bring his coat with him. <laughs> we got lost in there. Oh, oh the faux macho hat. The faux macho hat. That belt's nice. It doesn't suit him as much as other belts. Like, I mean, somebody made a really good point to say that the, the big gold. Yeah. The, the person that it suited the best when it was active was probably Goldberg. Goldberg looked great in the big gold. Brett looked all right in it. 
It was just a bit too cumbersome, though. That's the thing. Mm. I, I think Brett looked great. Sid looked good. Uh, wait, Sid held it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Sid looked good. Um, Flair, obviously, because, mm. you know, custom made. But, yeah, it, it's a bit unwieldy, because you've got, you've got, sorry, unwieldy, because you've got the, the winged eagle, right? Which is quite small, quite delicate, but still a very important prize. Whereas this was just big, mm. big gold. And it was made by a belt buckle company. Was it really? Yeah, called Crumrine. And if you look at the original milling of the belt, the, the world, as it would go on to be, the WWE World Heavyweight Championship would change aesthetics quite a bit. So you see the belt Randy's got on has the bend in it. Mm-hmm. And I believe that distincts it. That makes it, I think that it distinguishes it, sorry, as the original because it was dropped or bent in a way where at the very top of the, the belt, yeah. There's like a, a nub in where it's come back where it's landed right on the top and it's bent back. Ooh. WWE would experiment with flat plates with slightly less flat, wider curve plates. Uh, more like print press style looks. But the original Chrome Rind one is very like curved and very knurled <coughs> and the metal is unfucking believable I don't think that's the original original, but it's like the original after flare, I think that one. But it, it, it's, yeah, it's it's got the bend in it. And it's it's all very knurled and, and it's just beautiful. Like you don't appreciate how much detail is actually in there until you see one of the proper ones up close. Like you can find them online. There's loads of if you just go into Google Images, search by image. I think you can. There's a plugin so now you can do what you used to be able to do, where it's like sizes images over 4K. Click on any photo shot that anybody with like one of the originals has got, like the original um, replicas, mm. and just look at the workmanship in it because it, it's it's like curved, flat, sharp, curved, flat, and it's all like really ornate. And a lot of that gets lost on standard def shitty TV. Mm. <laughs> but it's a beautiful belt, man. It's one of my favorite all time belts. But I think Goldberg, for my money, is probably the guy that looks best with it. He looked the best, mainly because he it, it fit his waist perfectly. Yeah. Like, the belt lined up and that was it. I actually think as well that the later version of it, not the one we're seeing now, Yeah. but when WWE got their mitts on it, I think yeah. Triple H looked quite good in it. Triple H looked good in it. I, I think there was... A, the rain, not so much, but the look was excellent. Was it, the original, I think, had silver underplating gold features, but yes. the silver's kind of hidden underneath. It's just like the background. And then it goes to like all gold from then on. But it, it's, it's yeah, it's stunning. There's a Fandu. I really, really, really want a Fandu, but I just don't have the money. But Fandu do a fantastic Backland title with the big eagle coming out of it. Yeah. Uh, and they do an amazing, an amazing big gold. But they have uh, like bronzed versions and tarnished versions. There's like a tarnished version. And it, oh my God. I think you should it's do the next. Um, stunning. It's you, stunning. You should do the next Smash or Pass title belt video. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure there's at least another video in there Mm. until we get to the spinner and I just go on a diatribe. See, I quite like the spinner. Oh, get out. I'll do the rest on my own. I quite liked it. You quite liked it. When I became the Coltonic champion, I added a spinner element. Mm, You fucking monster. I know. And you know what? The amount of, I've never had more anger directed towards me in my entire adult life than when I added a spinner. Do you know why the spinner worked momentarily? It's fun. No. We all had a nice time. Stress Pimp relief. My Ride was fucking dead. Nobody gave a shit about spinners on cars Stress anymore. Relief. John Cena, though. <laughs> John Cena was just whack enough to make it work because rapper spinner stuff worked. It was a vanity belt, though. 
Oh yeah, like they the, should have had another like, fucking belt waiting in the wings. That looked ridiculous on Edge. It looked fucking ridiculous on Punk. Looked mm-hmm. ridiculous on Hardy. Looked ridiculous on Triple H. Looked ridiculous on every fucking human being that even looked at the thing. Mm-hmm. They all saw themselves in it and went. <sighs> Except yeah. for John Cena, who literally jizzed on it about nine times That's before the every only, time that he went I out. agree with. Why do you think he had the towel with him, eh? Mm. It was to wipe it down real quick before he went through the fucking curtain. And he, he throws it out of the audience like, yay, I caught a John Cena he, towel. He, he yeah, covered in belt spats. Done a little winky shame before it started. I'm not having it. No, it looked great for Cena, though, didn't it? It, it looked fantastic mm. on Cena. And it fit the character so well. But it was just the, the aftermath, and then Edge getting his own rated R spinner in it. it was like the, the fact that, like you know, it's weird. Like imagine somebody else winning the smoking inducing. skull belt. Yeah, it was vomit inducing. Yeah, it's like yeah, keep you could have somebody else win the sc- smoking skull belt if they were going to destroy it, mm-hmm. like and make a thing about it. Like I'm getting rid of this. Like and you know you'd spin that into an extended feud, but the spinner belt was just terrible. The worst offense of that though. Wasn't even in WWE. Yeah. Do you remember when Mr. Kennedy won the Jeff Hardy DNA title uh, and just carried it oh around like normal God, with the glow in the dark eyes? Oh. Yeah. He won it and find, then just kept it for a couple of weeks. I think you'll find the worst ever offense to belts is uh, the original five star wrestling championship. That's pretty grim. It's a single brass plate with five star wrestling. Let's say water transferred onto it <laughs> to make it sound better than vinyl print. Oh yeah, there are many more worse offenders on the indie Tap scene. Tap or snap? Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I like it when I. Do you know what I think? If I ran an indie company, why don't we just get the big gold belt and just put our company's name over the top in like fucking paper? I just want to run an indie in like <laughs> a, a. I weird, see you. <laughs> I want to run a, an indie in like a weird bizarro world. So like you come in and the entire venue is themed to this weird like oh. Rob Zombie esque. Oh nice universe. Uh, and you have established wrestlers with completely different gimmicks and names. That I love. Like Underground, idea, basically. So you'd bring in somebody like big name on the UK Indies or whatever, put them under a different name or whatever, and build this whole essentially giant live TV show around it. That's great. Kind of like Shikara, I guess, but yeah. Yeah, because you're bringing people in on very different merits. Yeah, and, and it's just sort of like, right, well, if, you the thing is you'd have to work it out in such a way where it's like, are you happy to do this? Mm. And are you happy to do this for, you know, as long as we work together? Because obviously if you become a big star, you're going to want to probably get your name out there. And <laughs> are you are you into the whole idea of doing like a weird cookie alternate universe wrestling? Because I love shit like Kaiju Big Battle. And oh I love shit God. like Hood Is Slam. Still a and thing? Kaiju, yeah, I think so. Uh, I'm sure they had a show over Mania Weekend. Did they? But um, Kaiju and uh, Hood Slam, Hood Slam especially. I mean, AJ Kirsch just... What a fucking guy. Uh, have you seen anything of Hood Slam? I've seen some Hood Slam, yeah. Have you not seen his big impassioned check your fucks at the door speech? Mm. Oh, Tom, you will love it. Mm. Like, he's one of the most positive. Like, Hood Slam is just crazy. Like, he's the guy that won the Rock the Promo, like, uh, contest. He was a voice in WWE 2K20, maybe, for one of the main characters. We'll have to get him on, Desert. I think, Island, but he's right? he's a, yeah, I, I don't know what, he, what he does at Hood Slam. I think he wrestles and uh, announces, but I don't know if he's, like, you know, beyond that. I don't know if it's, like, behind mm. the scenes, like, he owns it or anything, but, like, the, I remember, I didn't know who the hell they were, and I saw the, the check your fucks at the door video, and he's dressed up as Tinkerbell in the middle of the ring, and the entire audience are just hanging on every single word. The guy oh. is, I can't believe he's not a big deal, like, at all right now on the scene. It, it's mental. 
Absolutely mental. Is he still working? He's still working though. I think so, yeah, but I think he's just transcended wrestling because he won The Rock, the promo thing, and I think he he's just going into loads of stuff. Elbow. Oh! oh! He got the leg up, but it was the wrong leg. Wrong leg. Tenzan, no! Tenzan. Tenzan. Tenzan no. didn't lose, but Tenzan did. But what a, oh, what a mullet. By the way, Otani and Guerrero. Mm-hmm. What did Dave give that before this? Otani Guerrero was all right. That was good. Yeah. Let's say 3.5. Four and a quarter. Fucking hell. I was sat there going, ah. let's say beyond three. And what did Savage give Tenzan? Savage, Savage and Tenzan give was given by Meltzer. I knew what I meant. Shut up. What did Meltzer say, Did he give him like a case of Slim Jims? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Snap into it, yeah. What did Meltzer <laughs> give Savage versus Tenzan? Uh, I'm going to say maybe uh, 2.53. Three quarters of a star. Three quarters of a star. Not a fan of that. I'm being very generous with my... Uh, with my, I mean, fucking hell, we're talking so much, I've already seen a little spot, so it's <laughs> like, ooh, 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 and can, I'm not seeing the rest holds between it. Can you hold the fort down here? Absolutely. Whilst I nip for You a, go for a wee-wee. So right now we got Randy Savage. Oh, we're back there. Dusty's You've just sensually rubbing You've his thigh. This. He's been doing ooh. that all night. It's weird. He's just like, come on, daddy. Let's do it. Come on, Shyavone. Oh, Heenan's turning around. Here we go. What the fuck? So Heenan's spilling his papers everywhere. Dusty's telling people to get a room. Heenan's now dropped his chair and he's tangled his headset in it. Oh, fucking hell. Gene is losing his shit. (laughs) Oh, is he doing more hotline? Giant meltdown. Not necessarily here, but elsewhere. I wonder what he's uh, what he's spreading rumors around. The phone number is no longer active, so don't bother trying to ring everybody. One forty-nine a minute. That's fucking insane. That. How long do you think they made you wait? I reckon it was a good five minutes before you got to your story. Because it's just going to be, you ring up, you'll get a little bit of a jingle. It'll be like, connecting, connecting. And they'll stall about 30 seconds that way. It'll connect. And then, boom. It's just going to be a long fucking string of, here's what's been happening over the last month. And then about five minutes later, boom. It's Flair. Oh, he's trying to be all like strong baby face. Look at him. Great conception. Not concept. Conception. Jesus. The most coveted trophy. The one and only World Heavyweight Championship belt. I found some crisps in your cupboard. Oh, lovely. Well, I'm going to go for a wee, so you hold down the fort. We've got Ric Flair banging on about... um, about the world's heavyweight championship. Oh, lovely. He's good like that. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you for holding the fort down. Appreciate. Don't forget, by the way, as you are watching this, you can head over to cultaholyshop.com and purchase your very own Sam Driver wrestling buddy. Why would you not want the delectable Sam Driver keeping you company in whatever room you choose for time memorial? 
coldsaholicshop.com. Make your purchase of a lovely Sam driver and he can sit with you. If maybe you were kind enough to purchase one of these, and thank you for doing so, they sit together. And when you listen to the Classic Night Show review, you can pretend that we're there with you. Just a thought. You can do what you like with it. Obviously, if you do, you know, terrible things with it, don't tell us. But get yourself a Sam driver at coltsarlickshop.com. Let's get them gone. Let's do a little sale of Sam drivers. There he sits there with his little beer. So we are deep into Starcade 1995. Still to come, as we heard there, Ric Flair facing Savage for the WCW Championship. We still have Flair in a triangle match coming up, uh, which will be after the following contest, the last contest in the Wrestling World Cup. There you see Kenzuki Sasaki, the reigning WCW United States Championship. Champion, something that they will combat. Something they will, they will resolve by the end of the night, which we will talk about a little bit closer to the end of this watch-along presentation here on the Cultaholic Podcast feed. That is a lovely trophy. That it looks a little bit like the Heritage Cup from NXT UK, but of course, many years before it. Uh, so Kinsuki Sasaki is the final competitor to be competing in the tournament. In, in, not even a tournament, it's just like a points battle between both parties. And he's the final one to be doing so against a man who's still got another match to come at immediately after this because they've they've planned this beautifully in terms yes, of pacing. Got, it's, uh, this is a, the tournament aspect of the show, isn't it? Yeah, it was kind. Of, yeah, so it's kind of it's it's a weird kind of half-hearted, half-witted tournament where it's just like points for everybody. I don't know which flavor you want. Walkers, just, uh, just leave these sponsorships here. Mm. Any of these companies, really, you can help me ruin <laughs> my life further. If you just believe hard enough, as I as I said, <laughs> as I did, as, as I said, when you were gone, if you want to ruin Sam's life perfectly, you'll buy all of these <laughs> at cultaholicshop.com. Cooper, uh, mine and Steph's cat. He is the pickiest boy oh. with toys, but he absolutely loves, absolutely loves, loves playing playing with, with my plush, and I'm buzzing. If just you want to play with it. Sam's plush, you roll around. Oh, fucking hell, that sounds that sounds so grim. But yes, cultaholicshop.com. Get amongst it. Cheeky curly Watson. If you've got a Tom, they sit together like that. They sit. Or they can lock together like this. They interlock. <laughs> what a great night we're having there. And you could join yeah. us with it. as they hit, And then you build them like Tazos from the 90s. Yeah. And you make statues. <laughs> for the, for the, if both our partners are watching, we don't interlock like that at work. Just in doleful. Just when the cameras aren't running. Just when rolling. the cameras aren't running. I don't want <laughs> Steph or Alex to be concerned. <laughs> Or our respective cats to be concerned. <laughs> I've told you that Pablo is very much um, let us know who his favourite is in the house. Right. It's Alex. Right. Obviously. Um, and, and Fraser absolutely nailed it upstairs, right? Because because what'll happen is if he's hungry, he'll come to me. Yeah. He's going, rah, 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 rah. But then when Alex is at home, I'll come home. And Pablo will be sat on the armrest next to wherever Alex is sitting. He's just like, yeah. I sit with her and I protect. If Alex goes to bed, he'll get on my side of the bed and he'll sleep yeah. next to her. If they, if I get up early, by the time I've gone back into the bedroom, he's on my side next to Alex. So yeah. like, he's established his favorite. And Fraser seems to reckon because at the moment, the majority, of the, I, I think on the whole, I do the majority of the cooking in our house. Yeah. 
And I think Pablo has recognized this. And he's gone, that's the guy that makes the food happen. Yeah. So therefore, he is the food, he is the chef. He is the the chef. He is the chef. But Alex is the queen. Yes. I will side with the queen, not the servant. See, Cooper lives with Steph, so I've got no hope there. But I, 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 um, no, she's he's established in terms of yeah, in terms of uh, in terms of playing though, uh, he he goes fucking apeshit for his ribbon. And every time I see him, it's just like he has this huge ass ribbon. He doesn't know there's like ten more in the cupboard. <laughs> I'm gonna give him a double ribbon in him when I see him next time. Oh my god, uh, make his head explode. Yeah, but a double he's, ribbon. Uh, he's he'll he'll come to me to to play and he'll come to me to chill and stuff. So it's good. Mm. Yeah, he's a nice chill boy. Can be a little shit, but you know. <laughs> What's the shittiest thing he's done? Because Pablo uh, is the king of. He he being likes a to shit. sit on the stairs and just go for the bare bottoms of your feet when you're waking up. <laughs> you told me this. It's actually. fucking awful. <laughs> he'll just go for you like to. Yay! <laughs> but he'll just claw you. It's like ah. <laughs> Indiscriminately, doesn't care who you are. <laughs> just go for you. Pablo's realised that the the, bl- the the bedroom blinds. Yeah, make lots of noise. So when he's hungry at four in the morning, he will rustle the blinds. Yeah, Cooper just climbs yeah, up on stuff. Bastard. Yeah, it does the same thing. Just make some noise, and eventually somebody will feed him. <laughs> <laughs> Little bugger. Has he done the thing yet? When you stayed over at Steph's, that Pablo does. So I'll be up first. I'm always the first one up in the morning. Right. So I'll feed him when I get up. But then if I'm if I'm at home for the day, as soon as Alex gets up and comes into the front room, he will sit next to his bowl and look at Alex with the sad eyes and go, yeah. Mother, I am the hungry. No, he'll I'm just, hungry. Cooper will jump up on you and just stand on your chest until you wake up and feed him. <laughs> so you got to get up. But always check whether the other is, whether you or Steph have fed him. Because Alex, I've had texts from Alex when I've gotten to work some days and gone, did you feed Pablo before you left? I'm like, I did. He's a bloody liar. They're little bastards. He's yeah. a dirty, filthy liar. <laughs> He's a monster. He's trying to get a second breakfast out of you. Ignore him. Yeah. He's he's fed. He's he's fine. Well, I couldn't imagine without him now. Like he's just like, he's our boy. Could not imagine him not yep. being there. Be weird. Well, this is it. I want to get one of those uh, remote pet feeders with the camera, so mm. I can just bother him while Steph's at work, and just <laughs> annoy him and be like, hello. And give him treats. Yeah, the camera. I don't. I don't know about the remote feeders, but the cameras are pretty easy to come mm. by. Um, we've got to figure out because we're going away for a couple of weeks in September. Yeah, we haven't yet. We obviously we haven't told him yet. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we, we can't. We can't. I don't think the Maldives because, will well, be happy with us taking a cat. That and he will just look at you like, I'm <laughs> bothered. Why? <laughs> yeah. What's going to happen with my food? Because sometimes we get away with. Um, when if we're away for like maybe two nights, a maximum of two yeah. nights. Look how young Tenzai is. I know he looks lovely. Wait, is this isn't Tenzai man. But I know who you meant. You yeah. meant yeah. You meant Suzuki. Yeah, the reigning United States champion. Yes. Um, Jeez. <laughs> I know. Brain. You He's not got any frosted tips, <laughs> and that hair's far too, far too untamed at the back. There is an essence of a mullet. Yeah. Which is probably why. Part of the podcast where if you don't like the sound of people eating, then you're having a terrible yeah, time. <laughs> I think when we had Peter at the last one, it was, it was just, just like, a mouthful. Yeah. Wrestling, eh? <laughs> if you listen to the audio version, it's free. <laughs> the Patreon, thanks for supporting us. 
<laughs> These are on you, so cheers. Right. And Sting gets out. Le Stingo, as they call him. I don't know why they're calling that. Um, do you have a preference on which of these you want? Uh, no, either or. Okay, I'll have the I'll have the Stellar Artois. Sweet. Oh, I need the the Cultaholic branded. It. It's got its little skirt opener. on, but it, it, it yeah. It'll it'll you've got, a, you've got your little tear off bit at the top, or you you can tear it off with that. Oh. In a very satisfying move with the official Cultaholic bottle opener. That's right. Only Cultaholic. available at cultaholicshop.com. I believe Patreon. Oh wow. It's a Patreon exclusive, I you say? I think. I don't know. So so if you were ever inspired to watch this as well as hear it, you could join us on Patreon. Yeah. And imagine if, via the power of Patreon, you could also join us for an episode of this bollocks. Yeah. What a dream that'd be. And actually chat shit with us about Mr. Frosty and stuff. It could be you. Super soakers. Patreon.com slash cultaholic. It could be you. Just saying. Mm. Massive pop for the stinger. It's the fucking stinger. This is like Walloping a lot of people these stinger. days don't really get Sting or understand why Sting was so over. It's really a lot of like I wouldn't say victim of circumstance because he's not the victim in it. He he he's a victor, victor of circumstance, I guess. Nice. But the um, like it was just the time, the super positive attitude, the fact he was an all American guy, and the fact he was WCW through and through. Uh, and he had some history on the territories before coming in. He was just the guy, man. Like, Sting, I I mean, Christ, by the time I was tuning in, Sting didn't even fucking wrestle for the first year or so. He was just studying the roof, mm-hmm. doing fuck all, getting fatter. Like, <laughs> but he was still the coolest guy because they'd show you clips, they'd show you all sorts. He'd get into physical altercations. He wasn't always, you know, just stood there. But like... When you go back to it, when you start picking up tapes cheap in HMV and you're looking back, oh, 93, like, oh, how weird is it? Sting's blonde. Like, 95, oh, look at this. Look at Sting. And it, it's surreal. Team America there celebrating with Sting. America. Comprising of Alex oh, Rice. Yeah. <laughs> God bless him. Well, Germany were allies with the US by this point they for were. quite an established amount of time. So. Uh, that's bad. That's bad. That wins. That, that means WWE wins the World Cup. <laughs> well done to you winning the cup like the Hurricanes in every episode <laughs> Where is of the cartoon. Cup? It was it was on the entrance ramp when you went to the toilet. Right. They showed the cup on the entrance ramp. So it's, why, it's where like is a it very now? uninspired version of the Heritage Cup. All I'm saying is that cup should come out, be celebrated with, and then the Prestige should emerge, trash the cup. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> fuck all the months of building this story it, well you know it, it did it did like the prestige uh, in particular like joe really really worked so he hard really went to town the on the whole prestige stuff and to have that element i think you know the the people that were in charge were like yeah i think that's something they would do so it, it all just kind of mm. fell into place that way on that front check out joe henry's um match for BWR The Last Stand against Robbie mm. X because that is Joe Hendry back doing custom entrances oh. and he does an amazing version of Ronan Keaton's You Say It Best and You Say Nothing At All <laughs> with his with his love and affection for the fans in Grimsby yes the ugliest fans in the world are in <laughs> Grimsby <laughs> it's great it's great don't shit on Grimsby too much though it's got the barge it has, and Grimsby The wonkiest town. bar I've ever drank in. Is it the one where you put your drink on it and it tilts down? 
So the barge is, um, shout out to Brett Tier, by the way, and Tier of Grace on YouTube. If you're not checked out Tier of Grace, check out Tier of Grace. Brett and the team are fucking awesome. Good but um, we went down to hang out with Brett Tier a while back now, like a, like around the start of the company. And we went and we did some go-karting in Grimsby and then eventually went for a drink later in the night. But this place called The Barge. What was that? USA! America! Uh, There's Lugan not knowing why he's there. But, um... Then we're on a horseman we, we shirt. Wound, we wound up... Oh, the horseman shirt is fucking awesome, though. Away we, from everyone. We wound up this barge... Uh, sorry, this bar called The Barge. And it was... It was... You know, they were like, oh, this is our rock bar. And it was like, cool. So we were like, grand. Walked up to it. It's a boat. Moored. It's just sat, parked up. Bouncers, yeah, up the stairs, across, and like onto, over the taxi stairs or whatever, into the boat. Uh, and then you get into the boat, and because the tide was out, the boat, it felt like it was slightly lilting. But not to like a, an extreme degree, just enough. Just enough where you could still put a drink down on a table and it wouldn't slide away. Just enough so that you could, you know, sit there without feeling too uncomfortable as you were sat down. Mm. But when you were leaving and entering, you would kind of step in, and then you'd go to turn down the stairs and you'd realize your entire body was just trying to pull you that way. And you're like, <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> Amazing. It is the only place I have seen a heavily pregnant woman pounding shots, though. While, <laughs> a, while the barman just stood there going, uh, I should stop that. I should stop that. Um, and then, like, refusing service, but then just seeing the person continue to drink, like, um, and we were all like, um, and it was very, um. You are pregnant. <laughs> but Grimsby, on the whole, good go karting, good barge. I believe that's a slogan now. Yeah. Good go karting, good barge. And Brett Tier. Brett Tier, Tier of Grace, fucking absolute mad lad. What a boy. What a channel. As a, speaking of um, sort of thematic drinking establishments, yes. Have you been to Europe's smallest gin bar? No. It is five minutes up the road from Chicken Coop. Is it? Where is it? It is opposite the stand. Right. Off Big Market. Okay. It's cool. I walk down that street a lot and look at a lot of clothes and go, yeah. oh, if I was braver. If I was braver, I'd wear that purple Parker. It's called the. Oh, I've, <laughs> I know the shop you mean. Yeah, it's called Drip. Yeah, I think that's the one. It, 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 oh, it, it's 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 just got loads of like nice stuff in the windows and stuff. It was just like, oh god, if I had more money and more confidence, <laughs> I'd but, be all over you. Before you get to Drip, there's a little place called the Gin Cupboard. Yeah, it is the smallest gin bar in Europe. It is li literally you, you go through the door and you think, oh, this is a corridor yeah. leading to the gin bar. No, 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 no. So is it like that opposite? is all it is? I can never remember which one it is because it was as you like it and pleased to meet you. But one of them's all down there. It's you know, th yeah, you're on the same street, but it's but if you're walking off the big market and, and then hanging the Louis towards there, you're yeah. hanging the Louis past the Beehive. Oh, okay, yeah, I know exactly where. It's yeah. on the right. Ah, as if you would have cut, yeah, yeah. Before be, you head down to the whole the old George's side stairs, yeah, yeah you'll be forgiven for missing it because it's just a doorway. Oh, shout out to the old George, by the way, because like yeah, having, having lived shout. on the big market for the mm. last three years of my life, fuck me, the big market is hell. Oh, I yeah. knew that going in, but like even three floors up behind double glazed windows, the big market is hell. Mm. Uh, but the old George, while often busy, sells booze at a good price with a good amount of space manages to rotate the tables enough and clear off people who have finished drinking and just been sat too drunk to move on. Keeps it moving. Keeps it moving. 
And for where it is, banging. Mm. Good, good range of ales. Good range of ales in that. Happily drinking the Old George any day of the week. Nice. That's a nice death. Yeah. We had a nice night out in the Old George, didn't we? We did, few, yeah. A few months back Was it now. the first one after the COVID restrictions were lifted? I think because we they all were did still big... doing that thing where you like scan and, the QR code. And we code. had loads of staff that we'd never met. And it was like, we, we really need to do this. We need to like, hello, everybody. I remember there were two sets of tables of the Cultaholic team. Yeah. And we were both sending like weird drinks to either I table. remember like a load of pictures emerged at my table. And I remember looking at yeah, you going, great. let's drink them. And I was like, right. <laughs> I got any tea that day. And it was like, right, it's Luger. Here we go again. Then Pachita ordered, ordered Sambucas. And, yeah. and the rest of the night got weird. Yeah. Alex finished work at about six. And I went, hey, bloody come Yeah, that was over. the first time I met your missus. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, come join and then us. We we're were all bad. pissed in a corner, like huddling around each other. <laughs> it's a great night. Great. It was first Drink night. responsibly. I think that was the first night I met Luke. Um, mm. I'd met uh, Joel. The, one, the wonderful Lukey Blue Shoes was I'd, with us. I'd met Joel and Ryan, I think, by happenstance on the day of my birthday drinks, like this one Saturday, because I was coming home from work early. Um, and it was record store day and I was buzzing because it was like, Adam was like, oh, well, if you're all done, you can get yourself away an hour. I was like, cool. Um, I was like, you sure there's nothing else needs to do? I was like, no. I was like, cool. So got away, got the vinyls I wanted, got L7's The Beauty Process and then went home and opened it like a fucking idiot and listened to it. But got it. Uh, got the Opeth album I wanted. Uh, bumped into those two, having never met them before. They were like, hey, we work for you. And I was like, hey, oh. <laughs> so we're doing drinks later if you want. Uh, but yeah, that was like though, that string of nights, the random nights through like lockdown, yeah. easing restrictions, and then oh, no more for now. Okay, you can do one now. That was great. Yeah, they were special. Yeah. They were special. They were. We should do the gin cupboard. We should. The, are you are you are you here this weekend or are you away this? Weekend? I'm here this weekend, I believe. Mm. But I think Steph's only up from Sunday. So if you want to do a couple of things, do that. We can do it then. If not, we can do it whenever. But. On top of that, have you ever been to Raj Tandoori? Yes. It's a lovely Good. tandoori. Good. Raj Tandoori somehow inexplicably still does four courses for £15. And it is the <laughs> best the best curry house in Newcastle Ooh. I've ever fucking been to. I'm telling you. It's incredible. Let me four touch... courses for 15 quid. <clears throat> Let and me... it, it, the only one that comes close is Latif. And Latif is also cheap and banging. That'd like, nice. and you know, when you go to Raj, it still looks kind of classic. It, it, oh my God, it's great. I've still never been to Dabawal. Need to do Dabawal. Oh, Dabawal's ace. I need to We've do. Um, on the high bridge. It's amazing. Uh, there's the Thai street food. Uh, sorry, no, Indian street food place, My Deli. And there's Nandon Thai that I've not been We've to. We've done so Thai. many Nandon places. Lovely. Like, you, you and Alex are the people I ask. I, I've said this to everybody. Oh, like, if everywhere. you need places to ask, you need places to go to food, ask Tom and Alex because. They've been invited <laughs> to like every opening. We go they've everywhere. Been to like, they're socialites. They're proper socialites. So wow! like, you know, I've never been called a socialite. But like, it, I think it's we are. Like, yeah, it's like Tom. What bars are good for like mams? And you'd be like, right, well, uh, and you, you know you'll have like eleven suggestions, ranging from like a mile out to like dead center. The more I think about you're it, like human trip advisor. It's great. The more I think <laughs> about it, the more I think because because like like we do go out a lot. But genuinely, they're like of all the companies in the world that I keep, I love Alex's more than anybody's. Mm. So like me and Alex will have a weekend together and it'll be amazing. If it, even if it's just me and her, yeah. and we'll go somewhere new. So like, but then like but then there'll be times we just go, we've been invited to this thing. I just 
to me and you just go do something. Yeah. I think we are anti-socialites mm. for that reason. In the sense that we go out a lot, but we sometimes will just go, I just mean, yeah, that's You're fine. not in it for the socialite clout. No, because I just, the, yeah, the Alex and I just enjoy each other's company. Yeah. And then if we're somewhere that's pretty cool, I'm really gutted because like Fennec have just opened like a, um, like a normal, like a, a, like a thirties themed yeah. bar. And my, my hope was to get it booked for her birthday, but they sold out by the time I came to book it. Yeah. Um, but I said like, we'll go and do that one night. And that's not like for clout. It's just the fact that we both like that sort of aesthetic. Yeah. And I thought that'd be a fun night. We'll go and do that. We might have some food there. If we don't, we'll get some food on the way home. It'd be nice. We just, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to have met yeah. somebody whose company I stupidly enjoy. Yeah. You know? Well, I, I'm blessed but cursed by you because you mentioned Above <laughs> the other Oh, night. we did! That's a uh, good night to Above. Turns out Above does weddings. And have you seen Ooh. that? Have you seen that fucking view? Have you seen that view? You have doomed me, Tom. <laughs> oh, it's you good You have doomed it? me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Have you not, so is that what you th are you thinking? There'll be probably many locations come into play when it comes to that. Yeah. Got, we'll have, if, if I'm to get married to Steph, there'll be family up and down the country. So mm. it's going to probably have to be a mutual ground situation. But if not, above I mean, look pretty banging. I've, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I have, I've thought about this. Spoiler, by the way. I have thought about this with Alex. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I just kind of go, well, I think that, yeah, you have to worry about like our mutual ground and things like that. But I just kind of like, where would make us happy? Yeah. To, to get married? Because that's really the... And if people make it great, if they can't, that's fine too. Yeah. But like, it's our day. I always, I always dreamed of having a wedding where I would have secretly got married a week before and uh, everybody would arrive at the church expecting a wedding only to receive a video message saying, we already fucked off. There's two grand behind the bar. Have fun. Bye-bye. I had a mate that did something <laughs> similar. Because <laughs> okay, uh, I've already been married, married in Vegas, so like... There's a DJ uh, you sweat for, for uh, Capital called Baz Todd. Yeah. And um, he invited loads of friends and family I'm to like... their, their daughter's... Um, I want to say a baptism? Yeah. Having a baptism? And then when they got there, they, they went, all right, spoiler, it's not just a baptism. Um... We're getting married today as well. <laughs> and they went, way! In fact, it's happening now, and then we're all going to get drunk. Yeah. Way, get that's, that's the way to nice. do it. Nice, no pressure. That's the way to do it. Just do it. I yeah. kind of like the idea of just going... I, like, I, I'm painfully socially anxious, like painfully. So oh. like the idea of even standing up in front... Like, I can sit and do videos, but the idea of standing up in front of people, no, 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 no. To the point where I've pleaded with some of my best friends, like, do not, if you ever get married, do not make me the best man. I do not want the social responsibility of organizing a stag and doing <laughs> speeches and, and you know, like, it, it, yeah, I, I don't know. But what's the crack with this? Just real quick so we can clarify. So okay, Luger is so on the, well, it's not. There's it's, some wrestling on, by the way. I forgot. It's not tournament based. It's a, it's a, the, the first ever three-way match in this WCW history. This is the first history. triangle match. Yeah. yeah. So the, but, but Luger has to wait for a fall to enter. No. So how this triangle match works yeah. is that it's tag-based. Okay. So, so at, at any, any point, point Flair can or Sting right. can tag in that Luger. I knew it was some sort of fucking tournament-style shenanigans where it was like, oh, mm. you could just... Bleh. Meltzer says the following on this. 
Um, the rules of the match are that the person who scores the first pin or submission, regardless of over who is awarded the win, which is a rule that is lame to begin with because it would make no sense for anyone to ever tag out. And that's true. Yeah. This is where the match falls. I don't know why. Like, wrestling was so slow and awkward to the idea of going, why not just put three people in the ring at once? And they were it's really It's almost unthinkable. Slow. Like, well, why wouldn't you just put three football teams on the field, pal? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> But at the same I time, had that idea it, years it's, ago. So. Yeah, I think we should have triangle football. I think triangle. I think fatal four-way football. It's the only way I'd fucking watch it. Yeah, be amazing. Put three teams on there and put. Don't change the size of the field. Just keep one goal in the middle, so one team's always at a massively unfair disadvantage, and let the drama play out. I think you'd end up with all of the football hooligans uh, taking themselves out in a matter of weeks oh, by yeah. just fighting, uh, and then football would become an entirely different sport. Everybody be chill. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> all the angry people would have just would have rolled away. Look at him still on the ring. Look it's weird. Still on the apron like a dolt. I I mean I get like hindsight's twenty twenty because you just go why don't you let all three fight yeah. at once? That makes sense. But then this is a weird new world. The idea of how three wrestlers would go. I mean, Plus, then, then if you're going to you, do that, you want surely s- having Flair in there to navigate it would be the best person. But. Because bear in mind, the first triple threat that WWF ever did was fucking Savio Vega versus Crush versus, I want to say, Brian Lee. <laughs> and it was shit. I, I, I think that the one thing we're overlooking here is that every single gimmick needs to be unique, right? Yeah. So if they've seen trios matches elsewhere and they've gone, let's do it. But let's put our own stamp and our own rules on it, and then it's ours. Then, mm. if this is a success, then great. If not, then we can tweak it. But if this works, then this is our step. This is the way it works here. Yeah. And I, I think it it allows for drama, but unfortunately, you have the man who's capable of only, I would, I don't want to say chewing. I'd rather say just gnawing wildly <laughs> at the scenery uh, in in Lex Luger, and yeah. so it, it's. Had you had more moments of, oh, well, maybe I should tag out. Oh, well, maybe I shouldn't. And you'd hyped into this in, you know, the nine to 12 weeks beforehand that you've been hyping this fucking thing. Mm. Um, And, you know, we've just had the same six promos over and over and over again. Rather than No one's really added anything to the story. I need to tag you. Where was it determined that Lou could be on the outside? No, no point did they explain the rules of the triangle match. Yeah. From night, at least watching Nitro. Yeah, so we there's a whole half of this we're not seeing with Saturday Night, obviously. Mm. But and at the pro. same time, it's like, shouldn't they have drawn this live had Luger be told he's on the outside live yeah. to add to the drama? Luger then worried about being on the outside midway through the show, being like, uh. And then, you, I, I don't know. I, I think there's more to this that you could do in order to heighten the drama. But they just, I think, you know, they had a lot on their plate. They're worrying about WWF. They're worrying about the billionaire Ted stuff just now. Mm. They're worrying about ratings in general. They're worrying about the age of their roster and trying to freshen it up with newer talent. They're worrying about the fact that they've got a potential relationship on the table with New Japan and All Japan Women's, which kind of went, All Japan Women's kind of went its own separate way. You, you, worrying about xyz to the point where it's like fuck it just get the show done yeah 
And it's like, as long as we get out there and we try it and we do it, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, whatever. People still got to see Flair, Sting and Luger and they can't say that they didn't see Flair, Sting or Luger because they're all fucking here. Yeah. Yes, they might be angry Luger didn't get in if they're a Luger fan. Yes, they might be angry that Sting doesn't win if they're a Sting fan or whatever. Like, the, you know, it, it's one of those things, but you still got to see all the talent. And by the late 90s, the reason my dad would never take me to a house show was that a WCW UK house show tour... Um, what year build, was this, by the way? I can't even remember. Build as being on the card for the entire thing, the entire promotion, front and center on the poster, I was, I believe, Kevin Nash, and he emerged on night one in a wheelchair saying that he was injured, couldn't <laughs> do it, and then that was it. And it was like, well, what the fuck? And he was like, it, so it's just... Shit. He's like, I know it's card subject to change, but it, it's like when people have spent a shitload of money on tickets for somebody to come out at the start of the show and be like not doing it and then fuck off back to the hotel to get drunk it, it's a bit like yeah so I, I kind of got like my first house show was until 2009 mm. I got to see Triple H and Shawn Michaels but it wasn't until 2009 good house show mate, mate. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ it was the DX farewell tour nice oh I thought that was them two one on one no god they would have faced what the Spirit Squad or let me find it Drew McIntyre and Umaga <laughs> Uh, DX. Was it the arena? The Utilita Arena, as is better known. Might have been that one. It would have been the Telewest still at the time. The Telewest Broadband Arena. Yeah, because it went the Telewest Broadband Arena, then it became Metro Radio Arena, which is a nightmare when you work for Heart, because you couldn't say the name of the arena. <laughs> DX in Europe, Newcastle. You had Santino Morella defeating Chavo Guerrero. I got to see some names. Sheamus versus, uh, sorry, Sheamus defeats Primo. Paul Burchill defeats the Hurricane. Mark Henry defeats Chris Masters. Jack Swagger defeats Evan Bourne. Molina defeats Alicia Fox to retain the Divas Championship. The Miz defeats Kofi Kingston MVP to retain the US Championship. Bloody hell. And then DX, Shawn Michaels, and Triple H defeat, uh, sorry, DX, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and John Cena. Wow. I don't remember fucking seeing Cena. Defeat Legacy, Cody Rhodes, Randy Orton, and Ted DiBiase. Fuck me. November 6, 2009. My first ever house show. Wow. It was 18. What a year. Hindsight, that's a beefy house show. <laughs> Luke is in, though. That's Luke is incredible. In. Luke is in, and I'm good for a week. All right, have fun with that. Luke is getting tagged in in this weird triangle match that is kind of like a handicap match with extra steps. I don't quite get it either. Thank you for watching what we do today. It is Thursday afternoon. We have a brand new episode of the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown review on your podcast feed on Saturday. Um, and on Patreon, if you're watching this as well, you better watch it on Patreon as well. Um, you have, of course, the Cultaholic podcast coming up tomorrow with the usual suspects, with Matthew, Jack, and Ross talking about this week in the wrestling, this bloody week in the wrestling. And, um, and then on Monday, a brand new Cultaholic Classic Raw review with Jackins and myself. Really fun episode of Raw that, you know, because time is a construct of human perception, it's an episode that we recorded yesterday at time of recording today. And um, possibly one of the best angles in WWF in the mid-90s takes place on this episode of Raw that we watch. I can't wait for you to see it. As I pick some crisp out of my mouth. Apologies for that. 
Um, you'll be obviously wherever you get this podcast from, you'll be on there. If you're a Patreon, thank you very much for supporting us. You'll get it at patreon.com forward slash cultaholic. If payday's coming up and you fancy joining us, maybe not for the beers, but certainly for the cheers uh, for an episode of the Cultaholic Classic Nitro Review, you could be a guest on this show at patreon.com forward slash cultaholic. And whilst we are uh, pushing exciting things, I'd love for you, I would love for you to pick up your very own Sam Driver, who can sit in your room, in your kitchen, in your living room, and bestow the virtue of New Japan Pro Wrestling. <laughs> Why would you not want to wake up in the morning, look towards maybe your microwave or your kettle to see one of these bad boys and remind, be reminded of how brilliant Ishii truly is? That is what this will do for you. Why would you not want to wake up on a morning, look across to your right, and be reminded? Oh, by the way, that reminds me. I must check out New Japan this weekend. That's what this will do for you. Uh, cultaholicshop.com. You can buy your very own Sam Driver wrestling buddy. He will sit with you during your weirdest of times. He's pocket-sized, so you can take him with you. Maybe if you're a little bit worried about entering an important business meeting, and maybe you need a little bit of that spark, that little bit of confidence, that little bit of support that only your favorite Cultaholic member, Sam Driver, can bring you. You can do that at patreon.com forward slash Cultaholic. You can do that at cultaholicshop.com as well to get your very own Sam Driver wrestling buddy. I respect that on the podcast version, you can't see it, but I'm currently showing you what the Sam Driver wrestling buddy looks like. And he is a beauty, an absolute beauty. Cultaholicshop.com. Sam Driver could be popping through your letterbox very, very soon via the power of cultaholicshop.com. I'm going to pop him back there before Sam returns. There he sits there. Seriously, you'll look across and you'll be reminded of the brilliance of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You'll be reminded of the virtues of Pure Wrestling. You'll be reminded of one of the people that, that put together some of the finest edit jobs here at Cultaholic as well. The OG of Cultaholic. And you can own a sound driver at cultaholicshop.com. Thanks. Ric Flair is trying to use a steel chair because he is a naughty boy. He is the naughtiest of boy. What an adventure he is currently on. Ric Flair and Lex Luger now. Now, this is something that... Obviously, we talked about it earlier on, how it is a, a historical footnote for having Luger as part of WCW. He's, he was there originally. He disappeared for a bit. He came back now. So there's a lot of fans that have that support for him because of that. I, for one, am not in that camp because I just... I, I don't think he has the nous to, to get across some of the stuff that he is doing. Are you okay? Yeah, sorry. There was a bit of a queue for the loser. That's Nick next door. Oh, did you? <laughs> What have I missed? Uh, okay, so Luger's in. Luger's just done what Luger always does and just vaguely ambivalent. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, now Flair's working over Luger and going, hey, Sting, tag in, why don't you? So basically, we're doing what we were doing a few minutes before, but it's Luger on defense instead of Sting. Right. Because screw the idea of them working out how a triangle... And as we out. know, Luger and Sting may or may not be friends. They help each other and then don't from time to time What's for six the, weeks. What I thought about as well whilst you were away yeah. was that the last time where a traditional triangle match would have been... where a traditional triple threat match would have been the perfect solution. Yeah. But they didn't go that route. Also involved Lex Luger. Lex is just a curse, I guess. He is a curse. But you know it's what I'm thinking of. No. 
1994. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania 10. Oh. Where you had Brett and Luger both go over the top rope at the same time. Yeah. So they determined them as co-winners. So therefore, you had Luger face Yoko first, and then Brett had a tune-up match against Owen, and then in the main event, Brett faced whoever won Luger versus Yoko. Now, obviously, it gave us Brett versus Owen. Yeah. So I can't be too mad. That was a phenomenal match. Well, it led to more matches, yeah, but... It gave us a 20-minute match, I think, between Yoko and Luger, which was fucking awful. <laughs> and it meant that Brett and Yoko had to go at twice the speed to, to hit, yeah. the, hit the time. But if you'd just done a triple threat... <laughs> it would have eradicated all of that, yeah. You would have had you would have had Luger and Brett probably but doing some But you would have lost one of the greatest shots. matches of all time. Yeah, so horses for courses, isn't it? I remember we did it on the classic Raw review. They did the coin flip to determine who would face Yoko first. Right. And it landed in, it landed on head so Lex Luger would get to face Yoko first. And Luger, because, of course, he is a fucking idiot, was going, yes! Celebrate! No, you fucking clown! You wanted to, you wanted to lose that coin flip. So you, because now if you beat Yoko, you've then got to face Brett. That's Look, let's bad. be real. He'd just come round from the Sheraton Inn. He dropped <laughs> off his bags. Just he was, was just was thrown into a back room when they and was just told, name. "Read, they're going to read out your name. Act happy." And he went, "Yeah." That's it. I think that's my issue with, like, if Lex wasn't given such nuanced stuff. Yeah, I'd be fine with it, but because he's given such nuanced storytelling, Lex he should, can't do Lex it. Lex should only be a cartoon character. Lex should be. I'm gonna just put this jobber in the torture rack and then go home, sell some merch. Happy Christmas. That should be all Luger has to worry about. Giving him a nuanced will they, won't they storyline like this. Dirtiest player deciding what to do. Stings in. See, this is that whole like. Oh, now they've got a fight. Well, and the crowd goes mild because the crowd don't truly get into what's happening. This whole tag thing is weird. I think the fans would have genuinely gravitated to it immediately had it been all in the ring at the same time. Also, why aren't the heels reaching to try and tag everybody that comes near? Because Ric Flair was working over Sting and Luger. Yeah, but why wasn't Luger? Because Luger's not a heel, is he? We yeah, don't... but he doesn't like Flair. He's a bit of, yeah, you'd, you'd want to just reach for, like, the wild tag. Yeah, you? you'd want to reach for the one you don't want to win or that you don't want to be in with, and boom. Now, now, see, now Luger, right, if Luger doesn't want to fight Sting, tag out Flair. Yeah, it'd be funny as. Tag out Flair. Tag out Flair. You don't want to fight your mate? Tag out Flair. Well, does he want to fight his mate? Because the whole fucking, the build to this has been Sting whispering to Luger, no, Luger whispering to Sting. And then, like, one does something out of line, the other one goes, I'll rein him in, don't worry, mean Gene. And that's it. I, I hate So this. far, as a viewer, if I was to disregard everything else, I would think that they are people that are friends but don't want to be friends. Yeah. And so why the fuck is there such an issue about fighting? It, it's... You've really got to drill this shit in because the only way the audience learns is by repetition. So you've got to really... Especially with new stuff like this, you've got to really repeat... Run one of these matches on a Nitro with three fucking undercarders. It doesn't mm. matter. But you've got to show the people how it works. So they can show see what they're the doing. Make sure that the undercarders you put in that match are people like Guerrero, JL, people like that, where it's like, okay, there's a lot of excitement. But importantly, that excitement breeds the drama 
that you're going to see at this show, at this match. Imagine how good this go match will be with Luger, with Luger Sting, Sting, and Sting and Flair. Flair yeah. And so if they'd just done that, I think it would have made a lot more sense to the live audience because every fucker was watching the weeklies at this point. The only thing that, it, that is interesting to me about the relationship between Sting and Lex Luger at this point is that the one that is called Sting doesn't look like Sting the singer as much as the one that doesn't look like Sting. Yes, Luger looks more like Sting. <laughs> Luger looks like Sting, the singer, but Sting is called Sting. That's the only interesting thing about the Sting and Lex Luger relationship for me. And that was always the case, even as a kid. I was like, he looks like Sting, but he's not called Sting. <laughs> Bless you. Bless you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh. One more? Last Rogue one? Rogue hair in my nose or something. That was your last you one. You just feel it tickling. Oh. It's still tickling. Rogue nose, which is the, uh, the Star Wars one. <laughs> Tom Clancy's Rogue Nose. <laughs> Have you seen Doctor Strange yet? Nah, like, oh. to be honest, Tom, I, as somebody who studied film, Marvel's been heading way off a cliff for a long time. Oh, really? And the second you started seeing the main Marvel body cast of the first couple of phases in stuff for, like, Captain Marvel or in interviews with any of the newer Marvel actors where they were kind of acting Billy Big Box around them, where you had, like, Don Cheadle shitting on, uh, what do you call her, who played... Uh, Captain Marvel. Oh, what's her uh, name? Brie Larson. Brie Larson. Uh, you'd have Don Cheadle just kind of like being a little bit of an ass in interview. It was always like, okay, so like main Marvel's done, and oh. this is this is Marvel that Disney's going to milk until it falls fully off the cliff. But don't worry, everybody. Indiana Jones is back. Indiana Jones will be back soon, and then we'll reboot that and run it off a cliff. And the second that Robert Zemeckis finally agrees to let go of the rights to Back to the Future, which, Jesus Christ, Zemeckis, do not do it. Um, He doesn't want to. We know how that will go. Disney, like, we live in an age now where it's easier to just reboot a fucking franchise than to make a new film. I'm sick of this shit. Like, as somebody who studied film, I don't watch shit anymore. I just don't. There's, There's no point. Because it's, you know, if you don't catch this one, there'll be another one in five fucking years. The second they handed Zack Snyder, Batman versus Superman, it was, I mean, Superman's impossible to get right. But there was a there was a fucking Comic-Con announcement. And this is one that I'm going to sound like a proper little gatekeeping nerdy fanboy about. But there's one Batman story in particular that I love more than any other. And it's Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns. And it's about a bat- an old Batman in his, like, 50s, 60s who's been retired for a while and Gotham's fallen to shit. But largely it's been all right. And he doesn't really realize Bruce Wayne, how bad things have gotten until one night he goes and meets up with Commissioner Gordon. They talk about the old days, busting the Joker and the Riddler and shit. Uh, And then he's attacked in the alley where his parents are killed. And he decides then and there, well, fuck it. Gotham needs Batman again. And he goes out for one last ride, even though Alfred, who's now like 98, is like, you're going to die. You can't do this. You're much older. He's like, no, I need to do it. And it's like Batman's last ride. And they they teased Batman versus Superman with some dialogue from that. And then he like took what he liked from that story, mushed it together with a bunch of other shit and just went, and it's like, if you didn't do that, maybe now that Marvel's falling off a cliff, DC could reboot and start again and if they just held off since nolan i know why they couldn't because the you know the the fucking superhero boom is is big and it's very real but it's like i feel like if if dc had held off until now they could have come in with a lot more darker mature stories before then rebooting into and here's a fresh batman trilogy 
with like a new set of characters because I love the idea of Batman going out for one last ride. I think it's great. I, I'm amazed they haven't made the long Halloween into a film. I'm amazed they haven't made Dark Victory into a film. Like I, there are so many s- fucking just amazing stories. Um, and Marvel to me now, it just feels like, well, what's next? Okay, we got this and then we got that. And it's like, okay, well, we're going to have Secret War. All right, but when you did Civil War, you didn't really do Civil War, did you? Because Captain America's uh, not getting shot in the face. And I know it's a different universe, but you'd still expect the end of Civil War to be a lot more big than it was. And so it, it, it's, I don't know, like, I, I, I feel like Marvel's on the downward trajectory. I feel like the next, because they, they rode Star Wars off the cliff, Marvel's off the cliff. Star Wars, they're kind of still going off the cliff, but there's new series and stuff. Um, and I think whatever's next after that's Indiana Jones, and there's a couple of other franchises they own where it's going to be like, and then the second that Marvel hits the bottom, nobody cares because Indiana Jones 9's out and everybody's sick of that shit. And then you'll get a whole new phase of Marvel. And so Disney's just going to have the same seven, eight, nine franchises rotating. And it, it, I just want new shit now, man. I want new shit. I just want new stuff. I just want a new thing I can get behind where it's interesting. It's not just a fucking remake or a rehash or a reboot or, you know, because it's like, oh, well, we remade I Spit on Your Grave. It's like, okay, well, that was like a a horrible exploitation horror film. Do you really want to remake that? Okay, well, you remade it and it was shit compared to the original, which is a pretty shit film, let's be honest. So I I think that we're entering a phase where our generation, I'm, I, I'm really annoyed by it, but our generation is going to be known for unoriginality and we need something new and you've got directors like Corin Hardy just sat there like going hey I can reboot The Crow and do it in a way and that's the thing if you've got somebody you can reboot something and do it in a way where it's different go for it but if it's an established character especially go for it but I think when it's just a rehash of the same five six films like fuck me like just fucking hell we're in a dire state man we're in a dire state so you haven't seen Doctor Strange then? No. Right. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the original point. It's quite good. <laughs> I will say I saw Endgame and I love Endgame. I love Endgame. your passion. I love Endgame. No. Um, yeah, I, I hear you on the fact that we seem to be just stuck in this rut of going, let's remake stuff in a in a new Hey you all love you all love short way. circuit, right? Let's remake that. Oh, they haven't made that yet and that's No, they fine. haven't, but it's coming. And uh, no, the thing they is, can't because they haven't asked me to be in it. Well, I I, I would want respect, to be in the remake. I would short expect circuit. the exact same treatment. It was one of my favourite films as a kid. But it, it's like, I'm amazed we've not had a remake of Flight of the Navigator yet. We're getting all the live action Disney remakes, which, you know, again, Disney's now rehashing its own shit. My friend Disney, had if you the just theory. got if you just got some two D animators in and made a new film everybody would lose their fucking mind. And I know that everybody goes, Princess and the Frog didn't do completely great compared to... It's like, it was almost fuck there. it. Try something else then. Mm. Don't just try a one and done at 2D and go, ah, oh, it didn't really work. It took ages. Oh, ref's down. Torture rack. But no one could see it, goddammit. Um, My friend yeah. Tim from from, uh, from Tim and Simon, um, they uh, he had the idea that... They're doing all these live action remakes because they want to do like a Marvel cinematic universe for Disney. Yeah. I'm like, that would be fun. 
Well, the, the, there was a point where that was the thing. Like Universal wanted to do the the Hammer horror style villains, like the Wolfman mm. and Dracula and the Mummy and all this shit. Yeah, that was all supposed to be a cinematic universe. Was that it's, part of like the Van Helsing thing? Like, they just went. The bah. Marvel one works, and the the comics ones work because you have multiverses and all this shit. But even then. Can you imagine what it's going to be like in five years' time when there are five different fucking Spider-Man movies out in one year? And it's like, yes, but this one's this universe, and this one's the MCU, and this one's the animated one, and this one... Fuck mm. this shit. Everybody needs a straight line through stuff. Our legacy characters like Superman, Spider-Man, Batman are always going to be in movies. Fucking hell, Luger. That was bullshit. But I, I think that we just need more originality. Like Super 8, I fucking loved Super 8. Why hasn't there been more shit of that ilk? We've had Stranger Things in the time since. That's been about it. It's a frustration. It feels like they're always. It's always a look at like the bottom line and going, "What's going to do well?" Like yeah. like Doctor Strange did well because I mean I know you say like they're on a creative downward trend. Like the cinemas were sold out all weekend for, oh, yeah. for Doctor Strange. It, it'll so that's kind of what they're rolling. But on. that's the thing is now money and can we insert as many things as we can to make a Western audience happy. And, and celebrate us for something that we're going to insert and then remove for a different audience that maybe is homophobic or is maybe slightly more racist than the Western audience. And so I don't like the pandering. And I especially didn't like when I worked in a cinema and Iron Man 3 came out. And there were about five shots in those first three <clears throat> trailers that weren't in any of the films. And Marvel saw no fucking problem in creating content for a trailer because, well, it's part of the concept. No, fuck you. The trailer is what people think are clips from the film. You it's can't just stick things what's in it happen in the film and then take it out because <clears throat> it was a cool shot for the trailer. Like you can't do it. that's like, tantamount to video game companies doing fully pre-rendered demos. But that's when they but they get the, you see that happen because they do the thing on these going. This yeah. is not in-game graphics. Yeah, but you the don't see. Do you know, it. this is not in-movie scene. Mm. Like it's just a shot of Iron Man doing something fucking huge. So well, that doesn't occur at all. <laughs> And that sort of stuff, like, that's where I think we're, we're literally in the end times for our media. I don't know what's coming next, but we are known and we will only ever be remembered as the generation that couldn't grow up that and let go of That remade a lot of stuff. And went... and, but basically, that's it. We, we can't grow up and we can't let go of stuff. And it's rather than going, hey, Back to the Future is a fucking great film. I've got an idea that's like that. It's, hey, Back to the Future is a fucking great film. Let's remake one through three, but change everything. Yeah. We were a generation where Space Jam 2 came out. After how many years? Uh, I know fans 96. were happy, but it was a shit fest of a film, and it was utterly pointless and useless. It was very pointless, to be fair. Like, I it, did enjoy it was, the was a cash grab. It was a complete cash grab. It was a complete cash grab. And it's, it's like... You know, it, it's very transparent now. It's like, at least back then, you know, you'd bust out something like Jurassic Park. Now we're at a Jurassic World. There's what, like nine of the bastards now? Mm. Like, it, it, uh. Do you think it's more, more reflective? Michael Crichton of... has more novels, goddammit. <laughs> but do you think it's more reflective of how we consume media? In the sense that whilst, you know, you want to make like a 90-minute film... But we all consume stuff in bites and like short versions. Yeah, our dopamine receptors form. are fucked. Yeah, that's it. So therefore, you're having to make stuff that creates those little moments where your dopamine goes. There's, there is, there's one particular moment. I don't want to spoil it. But you've ever been to like an opening fucking Marvel film and somebody's like crying and leaving the screen. And it's like, I love that you're this impassioned about it. But mm. at the same time, like what? <laughs> there's one moment in the in Doctor Strange, which again, gives you that dopamine yeah. Woo! And oh, hi, as a kite for that. It's amazing. Yeah. So but then do does that. that moment offset the rest of the film experience of the rest of the film experience? Maybe isn't that great for that individual? Because in a lot of cases, it does. Like Avengers 2, dog shit. 
I hated that oh. film. The Age of Ultron. I thought they, there were so many other things they could have done to make it great with the Ultron character from the comics alone. I feel like it was. And it then should it have been a one like, and done film. Eh. Yeah, and it, it just sort of you had Age of Ultron, and it just kind of <clears throat> petered out. And there were huge moments, but like dispersed throughout that were great. But other than that, it was just a bit eh. To talk about the wrestling very briefly. I know, yeah. it's, I know it's boring. <laughs> we got very... Macho Man right. Rando. So. Flair won the triangle match by countout. Yep. Buffers in the ring. Savage is out. Now, am I missing a trick here? But did they explicitly say that the winner gets a title shot on that night? I don't know. They, I feel like they were very vague. Like it was said, like Flair would win the triangle match and then he'd get a title match, but they didn't yeah, specifically you... say immediately after. And then why didn't they have things in place for you know? Uh, well, what happens if he gets a DQ victory toward the title match? We got a count out victory towards the title yeah. match. Yeah, but then it was just like that's what I mean. Like count out, you wouldn't usually win a title for that, let alone a title shot. Mm. I just wonder whether I missed a trick, whether yeah. I missed something in it, where the fact that Savage is coming out, I go, oh, that's the main event. <laughs> oh, so this is a title match now. I thought it'd be like on Nitro, mm. but it's now, and it's there's Michael Buffer. There's a great um, shout out to OSW Review, who put out uh, their Halloween Havoc review from yeah. 97, and they show a great bit from uh, WCW Online, which is an interview with Michael Buffer, where he where he he's interviewed and he's asked by the interviewer, is it true that you own the rights to like let's get ready to the rumble in like yeah. multiple languages? And he says, yeah, that's true, I do. So uh, anybody watching today, if you hear anybody saying that, you know, you you pass that on to me. <laughs> he literally says, if you hear anybody saying let's get ready to the rumble and it's not me, knock him out. Well, people made money off it, man. People made a lot of money off it before he registered it. He made more. Yeah, of course <laughs> he Because he sued anybody yeah. that said it. I, but it, all power to him. It's his catchphrase. That is why, I, and I haven't researched this, so this is just my, what I'm this reading. This is why, doing. love you, bye, is right. now followed by a TM. It is indeed, trademark. <laughs> I should do that, really. <laughs> nah, Scott Mills will kick off. Um, the, um, you remember Ant and Dex's single? What, Let's Get Ready to Yeah, yeah. They spelt it with a H. Rumble. They used his voice in it didn't they as a sample it was a i think it was a sound alike wow let's go ready to rumble i think it was a sound of i think it was a sound like because they spelt it r-h-u-m-b-l-e yeah which i feel like which was a very nice spelling it's a very nice spelling but i how also did, feel like it's a very just, copyright just ask safe. that by the way how the fuck did we come from being the 90s generation where everything was new and interesting and more 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 and super size and bigger is better and greed is good to was it though to to remaking you know a film for the tenth time. I feel like a lot of stuff. I mean, I mean, in, literally in the case of what do you call it? Star is Born. That's had what like eight versions or some shit. I reckon came if you out really, did huge if you, box office numbers because of the cast. But if you really looked at it, I think there'd be there was a lot of stuff in the nineties that were remakes from like the seventies and the eighties. Oh yeah, but it was it was done in a way where it it wasn't like full of self referential stuff and it it was less like you know hey we're gonna reboot your childhood franchise it was more hey we're gonna do a new version of dirty harry but it's gonna have a completely different name uh, and it's also gonna be a complete rip-off and we haven't paid for any of the rights but it's the same story i think maybe because like in the 90s it was like yeah this generation's brilliant yeah look at this we're gonna put big tower blocks up and look make films we got schindler's list the pelican brief i don't even know <laughs> we got 
We got then, Jurassic Park. But then come the 2020s, yeah. everyone's going, hey, how cool did things used to be? <laughs> Like, that's the big difference. Weren't yeah, things I feel great like then? I just look I just look through glass now at when things were good. There's a big feels oh, like the world's really only sad. shit now. That's like really you go sad. on social media and it's all anger. What's what is stuff that is made nowadays? And this isn't a loaded question. What's stuff that's made nowadays that you genuinely go, I enjoy consuming this and this makes me happy? Bob's burgers, I enjoy Bob's um, burgers. Let's have a think. I, I enjoy, I, I'm enjoying more and more educational content at yeah. the minute because I'm learning a lot about Japan. Um, and I watch a lot of NHK produced stuff. Oh, we got Mr. <gasps> wonderful. wonderful. He's just so wonderful. His you know, they call fun. him Mr. Wonderful. His neck is fucked. He used to be a big deal. Then his arms Back went in the really day. weird. <laughs> He, he, has a, he has a legitimate thing, doesn't he? Atrophy of the arms. Atrophy of the arms. Save so the yeah. arms to Kurt Angle. Really? Mm. I didn't know that. You look at Kurt Angle's arms. Really? I've ah, never noticed. His arms are atrophied. So like they're just they're, the muscle doesn't really last on there. Because with Orndorff, it was more pronounced because it was a single arm, right? It's more pronounced because so, um, so he suffered an injury during yeah. his run with Hogan and the cage match run with Hogan during yeah. the house show circuit. But he said, they, basically, they said, look, either you go get surgery and miss out on all these house shows, or you just, you know, you gut it out and do all the house shows. And he chose the latter, and his arm was fucked because of it. I think, like, 16-year-old me owes Paul Orndorff the biggest apology, because I always thought Paul Orndorff was a complete fucking shite ass. He's like, very good. He's very, very good. And back in the day, especially, Orndorff was a big deal. Mm. Uh, you know, not like a flair big deal, not like a Hogan big deal, but Orndorff was a big deal on the territories mm. and one of Hogan's original rogues gallery. And it, it, it's interesting to look back at where it's like, fuck, Paul Orndorff was like, you know. Well, there's the story, isn't there, that Orndorff was metaphorically, possibly literally, in the wings yeah. around WrestleMania 3. Well, you because had... Andre was so knackered. The thing... They were like, Orndorff, can we have you just on the back burner in case Andre doesn't make it to Mania 3? The thing a lot of people disregard as well is um, it, it's, you know, when you see people say, oh, yeah, well, they were great in Texas, but they were shite when they came to the WWF. It, it's all very much, you know, the, the, the booking of the, the promoter at hand. And so Vince bringing somebody in, mm. it, it's never really going to... He's not just going to be able to carry on the same stories or do the same things. And so there's a lot of kind of stunted moments for a lot of these people. Yes. Orndorff obviously ends up how Orndorff ends up now. But like, it, it, it's interesting to look back and be like, well, shit, for a while he was a really, really big deal. And he's still a big deal here, but it's not like to a conceivable level, I'd feel by 1995 mm. that for the position he's in. But he's still a name. And I think the name carries so much weight that, you know, that carried over. Well, the fact that he's out here during this match, yeah, like after being injured by Flair and yeah. Co. Like Can we just still... say, just talking about movies, how fucking good is Darren Aronofsky's The Wrestler? It's very good, isn't it? Because I, you know, I've heard a lot of people talk about it. I've heard, watched a lot of shoot interviews with old wrestlers talking about how it's ridiculous and shit. And it's like, yeah, but you were Federation guys, right? Mm. You were guys that made your millions and were smart enough to invest it, and now you're rich old men. There's not many but of them. there are a lot of people for them where this is their reality, like straight up, like you can't deny this. Uh, and that film alone, I remember a lot of people seeing that being like, well, shit, like that's a hard fucking life. And it's like, yeah, 
like at every level, it's a hard fucking life, whether mm. you're washed up or whether you're, you're fresh faced. Or... <clears throat> WCBW only, um, you know, impassioned my view on that more because it was like you'd see guys that were working so many dates just to just to try and get their name out there. And it was like, fuck, man, like you breaking your back. You must see it a lot with, you know, everything you do on British Indies and stuff. But it's like, you sure you're not overworking yourself here? You're doing like four or five bookings this week. You're working a job. You're doing that. It's it's to some. It's um. It's it's a it's a love for the endorphins that come from it. Yeah. For some, it is like, yeah, I'm skin. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm like, I'm very blessed that the reason I get overworked is the former rather than the latter. Because yeah. I just I really enjoy like doing. I've been here. the latter, and it's not very good. No, the latter is miserable. It's, it's the worst. It's the worst time of your life. Yeah, because you're always you're constantly chasing to try and make ends meet. And you sat there going, like, "Oh, I'd love something like this for tea tonight." And you look at your bag, and you go, "Well, sandwich it is." Yeah, yeah. But I'm blessed in the sense that like the stuff that I do is like, well, I, I know I had a similar conversation with Adam just the other day where I said the issue that I have here is that I bloody love doing everything here. Yeah. And and it's never too much just to go, yeah, I'll fucking do that. And then like with with my other workers like I just love doing it. Yeah. Like how like how like it's easy to get like frustrated and flustered by it, but how blessed is that? Yeah. To go, "Oh my god, I have a wonderful life away from work." But when it comes to work, I love pretty much every part yeah. of it. That's and this amazing. is that's one thing I'm as so well. Lucky. Like I, it is, we are the luckiest people. We really because are. We get to sit this here is, and talk about this, and we've been paid like hourly wages for to this. sit and and talk about wrestling for people. And it's like you know, it, thank the, you for watching. There are a lot of people for for whom this isn't a possibility, and it, it, then that comes with its own level of pressure. Where it's like, well, am I doing enough? Like I will right. sit after this thing going, well, maybe should I have drank? Should I be more on the ball? Should I have been talking more about the rest of them because people are paying for yeah. that? And <laughs> no, but that, that your brain does it to you, and you sit there for hours just laboring over it and, and thinking about it and going, well, maybe I need to be more on it. Maybe I need to read more. Maybe I need to do this. Maybe I need to go home and do that. And then before you know it, you've come home from work and you're sat knee deep in somebody's autobiography, and it's like I'm still working. And you have that <laughs> moment where it's like. I, it's quarter to twelve. Like I'm still working. This is weird. And in, in days you have off, where it's like you know you sat there, you've got a PC at home that you've been using for all the lockdowns. So I could be editing. We've had that a few times where like, like with the documentary stuff as well. Because as you were saying, like labor of love and that. Like I never uh, thought I'd get to do that. That's something I've always wanted to do. Like just as an editor, as a presenter, it's even more alien because fucking hell, people want to listen to it. Okay, but like. You know, sitting there and being like, well, I've got so much to do on this dock and I've got so much to do on that dock and I've got so much to do on this dock and I've got so much to do on that. You sit there like, yeah, legit quarter to 11 night. So I could just quickly do a half hour. Yeah. I could just do a half hour now. And you've got to talk to yourself to stop yourself doing it. Because then by the time you do that extra half hour, it turns into three hours. You get into work next day late and you're just like, ah. But it's because we, we care about what we do. Like, there's been yeah. many times where I've been sat at home and something's kicked off in wrestling and I've just gone, I'm around for a, a, a video if you want to do one. Yeah. And it's just a case I'll just say to Alex, we're in the middle of watching The Crown. Oh, Savage cheated. Oh, Savage. We'll be in the middle of watching The Crown and I'll just go, I'm just going to nip in the spare room for 10 minutes. I'll be right back. <laughs> right, sorry, where were we? <laughs> she gets it. She's very, I'm very blessed because she she gets it. Um, yeah. She knows like, this is, you know, this is your passion. This is fine. Plus it meant that Damn. last week she got to meet Ridge Holland, who she fancies the bones off. Yeah. So they come... <laughs> It comes with perks. Yeah. She got to talk about Yorkshire oh. shit with Ridge Holland. Who's that? 
It's Pillman. Oh, it's Pill. Oh, it's the old, the old, all the horsemen are friends here. The new breed of horse, but they've got a name now. Oh, Flair has done oh my a God. Flair has done a gig. Flair's done a WrestleMania. Flair eight. has done a juicy, juicy gig. Gigs. He did a juicy, juicy. Oh. All right, Arn, you're on paper for you, mate. Hit a spine buster. Spiny B. Oh no. Oh, how's this gonna possibly? Oh, did he hit him with a thing? Oh, new uh, champion, Rick Flair. New champion. I told you there'd be a couple of eh. I'd, I was hoping we'd see a little spine bust there. Yeah. But no, straight into the old uh, title change. And there's Pillman, there's Benoit, there's Arn. And Flair, within um, 8 minutes and 41 seconds, is the new WCW World Champion. And about 8 minutes 35 seconds, he juiced it and then realised the finish was coming. <laughs> so, like, barely, like, three or four Do weeks. you reckon that was to make it look like a hard-fought... Victory on the on the the belt photo, quite possibly, <laughs> quite possibly. Or do you reckon it's just an obligation? I wonder whether you meant to get just a little. He bit has of to juice. get juiced during every match. No, he knows what he's fucking doing. <laughs> like don't like when you like. Oh, I wonder if off. when it's Flair, Flair knows what he's fucking doing. Flair was the guy right on the territories. Yeah. Flair knows his shit. He knows exactly when and where. He's there's a reason his hair's bleached blonde. You know, he only has to juice a little bit for it to look like a hell of a lot when yeah. his hair's blonde. You see Pillman, by the way, just hitting Savage with the WCW World title. Yeah, just... <laughs> it gave us a nice moment of Pillman holding the WCW World title. And that yeah. was like, well, that's a and weird that multiverse. That. <laughs> that's a rather If only they pulled the trigger, right? Where would we be? Oh, we'd be in a really special time. We'd be in the <laughs> same place with a different reign, I think. But oh. What do you think would be the thing that would um, change it, though? What do you think that would make... What do you think would facilitate... And I'm not talking about, like, a stone-cold defection. Like, based on things we know. What would shift the, the attitude the at the time, right? What we know about everybody at the time. What is the thing you think would shift the Monday Night Wars? Because I think a lot of people would say Shawn Michaels jumping when he made the threat. But I don't know if that would have moved many needles, you know? Because I don't think... They, like Brett, I don't think they would have known what to do with him. I think it would have been an initial hell of a lot of buzz, and we might have went past 100 weeks, but I think we would have eventually wound up back where we are. I, I don't know if there's anything you can do I for WCW. Disagree. I think Shawn Michaels jump in yeah. in, like, 99, when the WF weren't using him. Well, I think it was, like, 90. He threatened around the time the others left, I think. Yeah. So we're talking, like, then, like, 96, 97, considerable buzz. But I, do you reckon it ends that way, knowing what we know about everybody involved and how they would have been out of the ring? That's a great question. I wonder... Because obviously, Sean was a big deal at that point. Because in my head, Sean, Sean's possibly the only thing to do it. But at the same time, I don't know, you know? I think Brett staying might have been a stay of execution a little bit for WWE, ratings-wise. Because it wasn't like he was drawing major ratings anyway, because mm. 95... 96, 97 was starting to pop off and that was all about Austin, Brett. But like, I don't think, I don't know. When is Sean jumping in your head? In my head, like 96, 97. Yeah. I Huge, think, but I don't know if it ends the same way. I think it would because the, the Sean, because Sean was sort of winding down in 97 and then obviously in 98 he gets injured and then he's yeah. done. But I think I sort of, I still very sprightly Sean Michaels at the height of his popularity. But do you think that would have won it all out? 
No DX? No, I think it would have been, as you say, I think it would have been yeah. a stay of execution. I think it would have probably kept them in charge until probably mid to late 98. I think the only thing they could have maybe done is fired Hogan. Or Flair. Yeah. I mean, oh, so you're saying get rid and of... I eliminate think, Russo. I think maybe if you... Because there's no secret that, like, WWF were always kind of... Would always entertain a discussion with Hogan. Yeah. So had WCW had the money to fire Hogan hmm. and the bravery to bring in Shawn Michaels, it would have been a very expensive month. Oh, yeah. You would have had WWF going, we'll have Hogan. Ha, ha, ha. That'll show you. Yeah. But then they'd have had the younger Shawn Michaels. Yeah. And then WWF's entire rhetoric over the younger generation mm. sort of You'd have had the rise of Austin out. probably stunted by Hogan beating him with the leg Well, drop. you would have had Hogan versus Austin about seven times probably. Yeah, but Hogan would have won the majority. You'd have had a younger Shawn Michaels. I don't like, know if Vince would have had the balls title. to turn him heel. Like uh, no, 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 Austin. No, no. Uh, sorry, uh, sorry, Hogan. No, no, he wouldn't. He'd have kept Hogan as a face. And Austin yeah. would have been the heel chasing. No, him. that's what I mean. It's like, and it would have sucked. But but he would have stayed it, the process. And it, it would have. Sucked. I think it would have. It led to a, a much longer stay of execution. Mm. Maybe even an extension of the company's life had Michaels not got injured. But then there's a lot of what ifs. But I I think mm. in terms of things that they could have done on a grand scale, either eliminating Hogan or bringing in Sean possibly the only options i guess people will have their own ideas so please leave comments mm. but i uh just thought it'd be an interesting question yeah. as we go off the air simply because next year is one of the most important years in professional wrestling's history as a whole it really is like the birth of the nwo wwe then scrambling leads to the coronation of steve austin like, I, it, it, this is an unprecedented time we're about to enter. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. We've gone off air. Yeah. The night isn't done at Starcade. No, no. Keep going. The next match, which doesn't air on Starcade, is Kenzuki Sasaki. Yes. Defending the United States Championship against the one-man gang. And who wins there? Now, here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's open to interpretation. Yeah, just a little bit. This is what Dave Meltzer says. The storyline was that Suzaki wouldn't defend the title in the US, which is why the Sting match was made non-title after previously being for the belt. The one-man gang post-match grabbed the belt and raised his own arm. Yeah. The ref took the belt from gang and restarted the match. And Suzaki came back and pinned gang and was announced as the winner and left with the belts. And then? In Japan, they ignored this and announced that Suzaki was still the WCW United States champion. However, on Nitro, they showed the bit where Gang won the belt via shenanigans and declared him the United States champion going forward. That was your main event at Starcade yeah! 1995. <laughs> Meltzer said it was a dud. Hakeem, the African dream retains. The African I, dream oh has come God. true. Jesus Christ. For George Gray. So, I... You know, I I think that it's a it's a hell of a moment to end the year on. It is that uh, we don't see. Given that you know uh, the the next six months of this podcast are going to be quite in in like important it is. in terms of how we look at wrestling uh, as it was in the mid nineties, because all of a sudden wrestling goes from being 
for anybody new to this, by the way, who just happens to have subscribed or is listening to us for Sorry any random that. reason, and, <laughs> and maybe isn't well-versed on history. And I know a lot of people where it's like, I remember the Screw documentary. It was like, why did you say his legs were crisscrossed? He's in the sharpshooter. It's like, look, if we explain it to people on a level where people who don't understand wrestling can understand, mm -hmm. then it has a broader audience. And so maybe a couple more people will fall into this just by accident, by happenstance, not knowing much about wrestling, but then get into it and get interested. So it, it, it's just looking at how wrestling was at the time. It, it's very um, shit. Like <laughs> it, it's never been as bad as it had been, you know, yeah. for quite a long time afterwards. It, the 1990s, was sort of the dearth of wrestling from about 93 onwards. It just started to decline and decline and decline. And Hulkamania was passe and MTV was fucking everywhere now and nobody gave a shit. You didn't have Cindy Lauper every week. You didn't have Alice Cooper. You didn't have Ozzy Osbourne. You didn't have all these people. You didn't have people like Lou Albano becoming cross-promotional stars appearing in music videos and wrestling. Wrestling just died. It just died and it wasn't like a it wasn't like a long drawn out illness it wasn't like a sudden death wrestling just left without anybody realizing and then the promoters realized it had gone at like almost too late and and things fell apart and it took until really this next six months of build and the eventual moment when scott hall crosses that fucking barricade that is it that is my entire childhood, man. So this is, it's going to be an interesting one. And we are on the slow and low march to that very moment. Christmas, though. Christmas, we're going to be right around <laughs> the beach. It's going to be tasty. 1996 beckons for the Coltaholic Classic Nitro review. Until we are back together, he is at the Sam Driver on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Take <laughs> We're at Colts Holocaust Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe. Oh, the dog. He wasn't on this show. Bring back Pepper, you bastards. No Mongo. No Mongo, no go-go. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 